3: FlushCare.com/slash/weightloss.
0: The following is a presentation of the
1: Four Center Podcast Feed.
4: From the center of the galaxy, this is Force Center. A show about Star Wars, pop culture, and the ultimate adventure, life itself. And sometimes that adventure is uh, just you at your house. But that's an adventure, too. I'm Ken <laughs> Straight from my house, I'm Joseph Scrimshaw.
5: And I'm Jennifer Landa, also in my, my living room.
4: <laughs> We're here. The age of home studios, and that includes a corner in your house, your backyard, wherever you are. And I'm glad for it. I'm uh, happy you're all here today, happy we're going to be, we're back and happy we're going to be discussing something that's uh, uh, in the uh, Star Wars and pop culture zeitgeist, uh, the the Bad Batch spawning a lot of animation talk. And that's our uh, discussion day, the future of Star Wars animation, which is kind of a temperature checked Uh, we get to do this every few years and it's a lot of fun to look forward but before we get to all that today's podcast is brought to you by audible get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iphone android kindle or mp3 player and a little bit later uh, we'll have a force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us uh joseph i pitch it to you because I'm about to just fall off the bicycle of podcast (laughs) hosting.
3: I understand. It is really fun uh, to to podcast with friends for years and years and years and Mm -hmm. be very sensitive to their energy levels.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't a great morning. It wasn't a bad one. It just wasn't a
3: great morning. Uh, It's totally fine. One of the things I love about our podcasting style is honesty. We always tell people we record on Monday morning, and sometimes I'm like just a little bushy squirrel just ready to go and other times I'm faking it. Uh, and uh, we're all a little tired this Monday morning.
6: It's great. indeed.
3: Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about some life in Star Wars adventures. We like to catch up with one another and with you about what we've been up to and if Star Wars has uh, found our way into our lives. Jennifer, did you have... incredibly exciting adventure did you do some (laughs) cliff jumping anything
5: no i did not and and i but off air i was like i have no adventures but i'll (laughs) I'll talk a little bit about what i did do which i mentioned off air which is i brought out my wampa puppet that i got at star wars celebration orlando many years ago And it's such a cute puppet. So, first I was like, ooh, the hair kept, the fur kept getting in the puppet's eyes. So, I was like, maybe I should take out the eyes. That was a disaster. So, I just left it as is. Then I realized I need to move the puppet's arms. But so I was trying to like makeshift some arm rods. Mm. Then I I just was like, I'm just going to go for it because I have a bunch of ideas I wanted to shoot for kids. And I thought, this is going to be so much fun. (laughs) I'll be like Pee Wee's Playhouse and Sesame Street for Star Wars. (laughs) I did it. And it actually doesn't look so bad, but it's really hard. My arm was tired to do this, to sync it up with whatever I'm saying, Mm. and then to somehow move this ridiculous makeshift, I literally used uh, a a kebab skewer and I shoved it (laughs) in the arm Nice. because I didn't want to wait for Amazon to give me the arm rod, so I just shoved it in the arm so only one arm could move. It's really hard. I have a friend who's a puppeteer who makes it look so easy. I'm like, I can do that. So I don't, I haven't edited it. I don't think I will. I don't know if I'm going to go down this road.
3: I I think we need to see this now because you you never clarified whether you replaced the Wampa's eyes. So I'm just. (laughs) Yeah,
4: Yeah, I was going to put, I was like, no, please go back to you scooping out the Wampa
5: (laughs) I'm sorry. No, I actually, You should have seen me trying to replace its eyes. I was like seeing what it would look like. And it just looked like startled. And then I bought like some like foam balls that were this big mm. and it just looked <laughs> terrified. And I had a very kind uh, follower who said, a friend of mine, he's like, maybe you should put some eyelids on the wampa's mm. eyes, make it so it doesn't look as startled. Um, anyways, I this, don't know. We'll see. This Social sounds releases.
3: beautiful and oh, horrible. Oh,
5: look at that. <laughs> see, that's cute. You can very clearly see yeah. the Wampa's eyes.
3: It's a peeved Wampa, though. It yeah, really like looks like something was said that the Wampa does not like. Mm-hmm. That one's mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, oh, one last thing yeah. I'll say is I actually went and bought fake eyelashes. because so I was like, it needs something because to match the voice, which is my voice. <laughs> so I put fake eyelashes mm-hmm. on the Wampa.
4: Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. There's no way I mean, this doesn't see the light of day now. Yeah, come it's on. It's
5: ridiculous. I mean, like, come like, on. Yeah, Furby. Furby has Furby has eyelashes. That's kind of what gave me the idea. Yeah. so cute. <laughs> so. All
3: right, hashtag release the Wampa puppet video. <laughs> nice, direct, Gosh, easy to remember hashtag. Uh, and who knows if the hashtag works depending on what social media you're on in our ridiculous <laughs> yeah. fractured yes. times. Yeah. Right. Anyway. anyway uh, sorry. No, no, sorry is needed. Where's I g- uh, yeah. Mm, cannot amazing. wait to see that. It's um, amazing. Uh, my, my life adventures, uh, were manifold, but, uh, whenever possible, my wife and I have really been trying to take Saturday off, uh, and actually do something fun. I know weird. Mm. Uh, but, uh, we did a double feature. We haven't done this in years, uh, to see two movies. Uh, we had a great conversation about like, we want uh, we both want to see a couple of the Oscar movies, uh, in, in, like, which, uh, which one are you interested in? And we are both like, well, poor things. And then like, but also American fiction. Like, wait, mm. let's do both. Uh, and I nice. I thought they were both uh, fantastic in very, very different ways, but I was thrilled to discover they both have important scenes involving martinis. So I felt like <laughs> yes. my personal interests uh, were represented. Uh, and then after uh, the movies, we were uh, headed home, and uh, anybody who's familiar with Los Angeles is probably familiar with the uh, hot dog stand slash restaurant Pink's. But if you're not, it's a, it opened in 1939 as like a cart. And then it built into a sort of like, I think it just kind of grew from a cart organically into a little restaurant thing with Mm -hmm. the patio, uh, been there for years and years, obviously. And, uh, I, we had never been, I was so ignorant as to think I could just get a hot dog with no chili on it, but no, (laughs) I'm sure I could Mm -hmm. ask, but it it ain't on the menu. Mm -hmm. You gotta get chili on that thing. Uh, and they've got in their little uh, waiting area of the restaurant, once you've ordered and you're waiting to pick up, they have all of these signed pictures from different celebrities, of, you know, events they've had at Pink's or holding Pink's. Um, they strangely just have a promo shot from Orson Welles and Citizen Kane. So I don't know if that means he ate there and didn't want to take a picture with the hot dog. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, they've got a funny Miss Piggy one about like, I don't really eat hot dogs, but I still love Pink's. Uh, but the reason that I'm bringing this up, that brings it back to Star Wars, right on top, there's a beautiful, perfect picture of Carl Weathers with just a huge grin yeah. and a couple hot dogs. And not only is it the sort of the, the Carl Weathers aesthetic with his, you know, you can make a stew joke from *Rusted Development,
6: mm-hmm.
3: but it, he he looked like Grief Karga doing some sort of promotional tour <laughs> to advertise the colonies on Navarro. <laughs> and going to a famous old hot dog place, looking up and seeing Carl Weathers made me go like, I want to rewatch the Mandalorian. So <laughs> yeah. Pinks became a star Wars adventure because of Carl Weathers.
5: Oh, that's so that. funny. I
4: love that. Pinks. Everyone in here hates you. Yes. <laughs>
3: exactly. Great. So Ken, yeah. what about you? What were your, uh, nah. what adventures exhausted you to this point? Uh,
4: life, life, uh, everything. I, 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 since I've made it a, a a, a thing in every show i'm on my back's getting a lot better thank you for all the well wishes for those that have uh sent mm-hmm. them and even those that just thought them uh but other than that now i mentioned on the live show by the way the live show friday was a lot of fun thank you mm-hmm. to everyone mm-hmm. that turned out and, and made it a fun show uh i mentioned on it I'm, I'm selling some of my bigger star wars lego sets uh which is not something that i want to do but kind of felt uh it's time and also if you look at the Lego market, you kind of go, yeah, I could maybe sell it for that amount. Uh, that's that's a good number. <laughs> that's mm. it's pretty crazy out there. Um, anyways, uh, I'm selling them, but I, I did make one sale, and, I, and and I mentioned on the show, but it was it was the Millennium Falcon from the Force Awakens release. Mm. Wow. And God, it was hard to sell it. It was really hard to sell it, but you, you got to. And um, I, I mentioned it's going to good home. And then I, I remember on the live show, I stumbled into uh, I can't reveal who because it's a gift for a friend of a friend. Uh, and they might mm. watch um, too late. I already blew it. Uh, but hey, anyways, it was um, it was just a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, to just uh, go back in my memories to that time, but also just every time. A time I was I was listing them uh, on my website. If you want to go, you can shop on my website, they'll be on eBay tonight. And uh, I, you know, I had one from like 2008, the Raiders of the Lost Ark Temple Escape set, which is uh, out, wow. of, out of print. Uh, An ad at, yes, ad at, I bought in 2012 when I had my day job, and that oh was during that time period that we talked about. Like, yeah, you know, I used to get in trouble at my day job for displaying that kind of stuff, and I didn't build it and put it in the office, it's in the box, but I had it in my office for a while because that's where I bought it. And uh, took a picture of it. Early Instagram photo is me being really excited in front of this edit. Um, So it was fun. And, and 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 even though they might be out of my life, no one has ever really gone, and I could still get them back. And that's my intention to do that one day. Uh, so it's a, it's an up and down emotional journey. I, I'm glad I have these memories, and really with these collectibles. Display them, Joseph, you know, the struggle of, do I display, do I not display? And sometimes you look back and Jen, you've had things your whole life where you're like, ah, there's that I'm not getting rid of. But that just kind of represents a period of time. Um, and, and and it's uh, our relationship to these collectibles is powerful without a doubt. So it's been a fun journey to look back and go, hey, it's not, the, it's not that I have it. It's that I got it. Mm. And that's the joy I'll take going forward. So that's where I'm at with that bittersweet, bittersweet symphony. It's such a great way to look at it of
3: and it's something I'm wrestling with because I I do need to uh, decrease a little bit of all of uh, my possessions across the board uh, mm-hmm. because the price of a storage space in Los Angeles <laughs> is, the, yeah. is the price of a you know a, a good two-bedroom apartment in mm-hmm. many places in the country it is painful and dumb mm-hmm. so uh, that was one of our painful adventures this week of looking in our storage unit and just sighing for a little while and then leaving <laughs> uh, but the way you you put that of like once you've owned something that means a lot to you, there's those things you're never going to get rid of. But other things, it's a fun mental game of like, okay, when I think of this, will it just have, will I still think of all the happy memories of when I got it, who gave it to me, or will it sting hmm. too much because I let it go is yeah. a, good, a good way to measure.
6: Will it that sting? That is good.
3: Will
4: it I, sting?
5: I was yeah. tempted by your job. You have a job of throne room, right?
4: Yeah, is Jabba's, it, Jabba's Palace, yeah.
5: Jabba's Palace. Uh, and yeah. I was like, what if I super glue them? Is that against the Lego rules? No? Is, <laughs>
4: no? no, no, no. A lot of, lot of like uh, big time uh, uh, Lego collectors will glue them together. In fact, when I, I used to go to the South Coast Plaza when the Lego oh, uh, would, uh, company would come in and do the big displays in the mall. This is the early 80s when they were yes. still trying to say like, look at this. Yeah, I mean, it was massive. I have positive oh, memories God. of just – giant circuses in the middle of the mall that are all Lego and everything. Yeah, and they would, they would uh, glue them together. So yeah, you're okay.
5: All right, all right. I'm <sighs> looking at my, I'm, I'm, my I too am trying to clean things out, but that, yeah. was, that was tempting.
3: An ongoing challenge. Maybe we'll do a whole episode just uh, with emotional catharsis, a uh, counseling episode <laughs> for ourselves about the bittersweet memories. Well, those are some great adventures. Should we dive into uh, the future of Star Wars animation?
4: Please, let's look yes. to the future where it's bright and
3: sunny. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we'll start looking to the future by looking at the past. Uh, I, couldn't, I just couldn't resist when I was writing up the notes to kind of review a little bit of where we've been with animation. Uh, we're all, <laughs> three of us, big fans of Star Wars animation. I think the animation at different times for all of us has played kind of a, a pivotal role in, in our fandoms. And I think we're all excited for more. Uh, but there is something uh, bittersweet with, with, bad, with all the Bad Batch excitement in the air in uh, the show wrapping up its third season this year because there's excitement for Bad Batch, but also the, the sadness that we're saying goodbye to it and this sort of feeling that, that we're going to discuss a little bit like mm, it could possibly be the end of an era as it uh, wraps up some of the Clone Wars animated series storytelling with the, the clones ultimate uh, future. Maybe not, uh, but we want to start with the big picture going back to the beginning. Jennifer, what was your first experience with Star Wars animation? Was it uh, uh, a VHS of Boba Fett and the Holiday Special? Was it the Ewoks and Droids cartoons on Saturday morning? What yeah, was your was, first experience?
5: It was the Ewoks and Droids cartoon, and I I remember I was not into the droids. I liked the Ewoks, but the Ewoks was a little scary at times. Mm. So it I would kind of pop in, but I was really obsessed with you know Smurfs gummy bears like mm-hmm. all those things but what's interesting is that they actually the animation studio was Nelvana Studios who also produced some of the greatest uh, obviously Ewoks, droids, they also did Strawberry Shortcake specials mm-hmm. herself the elf movie so I was a fan of Nelvana they have a very specific animation style this just it just seems like quintessential 1970s to me I just mm-hmm. I love it
3: but- Yeah and they they have a dedication to three fingers right
5: no, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Do they?
3: Well, the, I believe the droid, the animation of like three PO and droids. He's got three fingers because that's the Nelvana house style, oh. uh, I believe. Um, but yeah, I'll 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 look up. Uh, but you know, I got to look that up. Yeah, but it, but that to me is a part of the charm of them is it's it was very clearly adaptation, not mm-hmm. <laughs> trying right. to be as as clearly let, let's make them look like they do in the movies. It was adaptation. Right. But, Jennifer, did you come to uh, had you already been exposed to Star Wars in the movie theater or on VHS? Was was uh, droids and Ewoks a continuation of your journey or was that one of your first entry points?
5: It was, no, Return of the Jedi was the first entry point in that, and like the action figures, mm-hmm. um, obviously the Ewoks, but very early memories. So and yeah. in the Ewoks cartoon, it just was kind of a natural extension of that. Like mm-hmm. Star Wars was so prevalent in that, during that time. Mm-hmm. It, it was just like, oh yeah, of course, like Indiana Jones and all these things. So it just felt like a natural progression.
3: Yeah, no. Makes, I mean, it went away. <laughs> <laughs> a natural progression that quickly disappeared. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh only to be spoken about again in 1987 for the 10th anniversary. Uh Ken, mm-hmm. what was your beginning of your animated Star Wars adventure?
4: I, it's funny. I honestly I I think the answer might be the the uh, Tardakovsky Clone Wars and then the Clone Wars series. <gasps> wow. Um, yeah. yeah, uh Ewoks and droids are, I was very aware of. Uh but it kind of seems like a fever dream. I wasn't watching it. Uh, and I actually blame a little bit of that on uh, the, the, the Ewoks movies, uh, which I have mm. a special place in my heart f- for from that kind of <laughs> kitschy way. But like as as a youngster, just coming off of fresh off Return of the Jedi, those those didn't exactly hit with me. So it was like – now, now that Saturday morning, car- Mar- Saturday morning cartoon, I was still watching things on Saturday morning, but it was more – I had Pee-wee's Playhouse and – you know, Robotech on the weekday, weekdays and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I was like a little. I have. I got probably got a little, little snooty. Got a little snooty about it. Probably was like not for me, not for me. This silly little Ewoks and Droids cartoon. So I didn't spend a lot of time with it. Very aware of it in terms of that pop culture way. But yeah, honestly. For me, uh, the the the, the sh- stuff showed up, and I was in a house with uh, sharing a, an apartment with three other Cal Arts students who all went oh, wow. on to work in animation and still are. So it was fun to kind of sit down with them and and then take it in with their eyes, and me kind of like in the midst of that prequel era and and really liking it. And I do have you know we we, we, we revisited them not too long ago here on Force Center. I, I think mm-hmm. some of the stuff did not age as well for me, just in terms of. As, as an early two thousands approach to to it to Star Wars, but uh, I I think that that was my first kind of like all right this this doesn't feel bad Star Wars in this form,
3: yeah. Um, I, so I looked up uh, the droids, and yes, the three PO has three fingers and a thumb. Not all the colored characters have three fingers, but three yeah. PO has three fingers <laughs> and a thumb, which I, which is uh, funny to me because I think it would annoy three PO the most to have that like this a digit is missing. This is incorrect. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I think uh, my experience was uh, I, I did watch the holiday special when it aired and it is a mm. foggy, foggy memory because I was mm. teeny, teeny, tiny. Uh, but then I was old enough to to be watching Saturday morning cartoons and enjoying the the hell out of them. Uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends is like one of my, you know, seminal early childhood memories. Mm. And just like uh, being like, why isn't Star Wars on here too? And then, you know, Return of the Jedi comes out and then the cartoons come out and i was now old enough to already be uh, a a gritty gen xer who wanted things edgy
4: yeah edge <laughs> lord you edge lord it well
3: i mean it, <laughs> it we've talked about this journey many times yeah. and i always want to own it but it but it does i think uh, inform uh my reaction to animation it was especially coming out of empire kids liked it because like oh dude luke luke who's got his hand cut off by his own dad and who knows if Mm -hmm. han's even gonna live and boba fett's the coolest guy ever you know he has it was the obsession the focus was on the stuff that was edgier and harder and then you Mm -hmm. know people of that age and of that ilk were challenged by uh the ewoks and han calming down a bit and return of the jedi and all that so when other kids fantasized about could star wars be on saturday morning like yeah with jedi or maybe a,
4: yeah.
3: a bounty hunter boba fett show where he kicks a <laughs> oh my uh,
4: gosh.
3: Uh, <laughs> and then instead we got you know totally now as an adult totally understanding lucas was really focused on this is for kids he had young children at the time pulling all of the friendlier Safer elements out and turning those into the cartoons and making them, a, you know, a little bit more cute from in my eyes at the time. Looking back now, there's yeah, there's actually a bunch of terrifying stuff in both of them, particularly the Ewoks is like, "Hey kids, welcome to the dark forest where weird crap happens." Yeah, they're not as cute and safe as I had uh, remembered, but at the time, I I I like I, I tried so hard to like them, but I was like, "Where are the Jedi? Where are the body hunters? Where's the violence?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Where's the mm. violence? Which brings me then to your experience, uh, Ken, with the yeah. Gennady uh, Tartakovsky. Because I think, uh, yeah. uh, again, uh, owning the, the perspective of, of my generation and my age, uh, the similar there were similar frustrations with uh, some of the prequel stuff. Where that was part of the kickback against Jar Jar. We don't want the cute. Yeah. We don't want the funny. We want the edgy. We love the Obi-Wan Maul lightsaber right. battle. And I feel like the Gennady uh, Tartakovsky Clone Wars just went in hard for... Uh, uh, n- there are ideas there and it's star Wars and all that, but it is mm-hmm. kind of what people of that perspective had been craving of big action. Watch Mace window use the force in cool ways to take out a mm-hmm. huge armadas of battle droids. You know, it was the part of star Wars. That is power fantasy is an element of the, that clone war's, Gennady Tartakovsky and I think that's why it it connected with a lot of people of our age and um,
4: bias (laughs) Mm, yeah mm -hmm,
6: mm -hmm.
4: yeah I was gonna gonna ask you Jen what your relationship with it is because I I think you were on those episodes we discussed it but I think you're really right Joseph there's a lot of stuff that's the 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 elements are there and I look back now and I'm like those aren't my favorite elements but it doesn't mean I don't enjoy them being there uh that's pretty Mm -hmm. fun too
3: yeah what was your did you enjoy them Jen did you feel like this is what I've been craving
4: yeah, that's
5: actually what I was going to say for the, for, uh, Clone Wars. My first introduction was that Tartar, tar- I can never pronounce his name. Tartakovsky, right? Tartakovsky. Uh, C- Cartoon Network <laughs> micro series. Yeah. yeah. That to me was, cause I was not a really big fan of the prequels at the time. And I felt a little bit of Star Wars fatigue. And then I mm-hmm. had a friend who uh, had a watch party and he had like, I don't know, must've had DVDs or I don't know what he had, but basically we sat down and we watched the whole, the whole uh, series. And I was like, this is my Star Wars. This mm. is what I want. I had been really mm-hmm. getting into like anime. I just thought it was so stylized. Felt mm-hmm. very much like Nirvana, right? That mm-hmm. kind of like uh, uh, very stylistic um, animation style. It just felt badass. It was mm-hmm. me, like I was an adult now, almost adult, right? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. And so, it actually took me longer to get into the Clone Wars, the, the Clone Wars that we know, Dave Filoni's mm-hmm. Clone Wars and George Lucas's Clone Wars, because I, I just had was so drawn to the other one.
4: You mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not alone on that. There's a lot, a lot of people at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Fresh.
3: Yeah. And if you're, if you're curious, go, you know, check out our, uh, the discussions that Ken and I had there, there, I think like a year and a half, maybe two years ago, uh, time mm-hmm. moves in ways that I cannot measure. Um, but I, I do want to be sure to say like, I do think there are big ideas there, but it was also just a, what's really put, uh, action forward as well. And I think that made a difference in people's response, mm-hmm. um, which leads us into the, uh, I was gonna say the modern clone wars, you know, from 2008,
6: um, <laughs>
3: But Clone Wars, uh, the Lucas's 3d animated Clone Wars really kicked this new era of animation into high gear. Uh, we've discussed our relationship with that Clone Wars in the past, but, um, Ken, when did it really hook you and why did that show become important to your fandom?
4: Yeah, it, it went in phases. Uh, I think when it first launched, um, you know, I, I was hooked by the action and, and, uh, the the malevolence arc is you know this wonderful uh, high Star Wars space fantasy action. There's a lot of other big things and ideas going on in there as we've discovered looking back. But I wasn't engaging with that. I didn't look for okay. that. I just was home on a Friday night and some friends had said, oh, you should check check this out." Uh, three years removed from Revenge of the Sith, and even though I'm always been a Star Wars fan like you, Jen and Joseph at the time too, like working through what I thought about that era and working through what Star Wars meant to me at that time. And it didn't mean as much. It was that period of time where it was like, okay, other things going on. Um, which is funny. Cause it was like, also like 1988, right? It was just 20, 20 years later, but other things going on. Um, baseball cards. Um, but the action and, and it just felt right. We can never, never, never deny it. Uh, and that's even what you were talking about with the, the 2002 microservice clone wars. Like, that kind of Star Wars badass action is built into it. That's why we mm-hmm. went to the playgrounds and play with That's why we had the toys and we flying around and making Zoom sounds and biker scout, yeah, speeder bike sounds. So all that stuff was there and I was hooked. It wasn't until later because I, I faded in and out of seasons like two and three and four, just weren't watching them as, as much or trying to catch up with them. Uh, I can't remember if, if they were available anywhere. I don't even know if I had anywhere to make them available to myself. I don't Netflix, I don't think I had Netflix till later. So even when they showed up, uh, that was the first time I had access to them on demand. Uh, Mortis was really cool, uh, but I didn't really care to get it. You know, it was just like that was <laughs> weird, but I liked it. Um, it was I, I, I season five, which is you know ironically the last one that we had at the time, mm-hmm. was when it just it ramped up and you couldn't. I mean, I guess you could, but you couldn't ignore what it meant. The, mm. the, the, the Pong Krell and, and and stuff going on like that and the Ahsoka arc at the end. Like, it, it now had a weight to it, dare I say, a gravitas, that was always there, perhaps. The show did grow, as we know, but mm-hmm. uh, I, that's when it really, I was like, okay, this is essential. This is essential to my fandom.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Um, how about you, Jennifer? When did, when did this version of Clone Wars uh, kick in for you?
5: I used to watch it because uh, I knew that a lot of my friends online were watching it. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll try getting into it. And I enjoyed it. And I really liked Ahsoka from the, from the beginning. I was mm. always an Ahsoka fan. I had no problem with her. Um, but it's one of those things where it was hard for me to keep up, right? And it, it was still like, yeah. I, I was feeling weird. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm an adult, but I also do enjoy animation. And at times it did feel like a, a little bit, and I don't want to say a kid's show, right? But th- I, there was a part of me that was like, it's a little bit of a kid's show. And then I went to the Egyptian theater for – I've talked about this ad nauseum Mm -hmm. – for a Clone Wars um, screening where Katie Lucas was there for the Dathomir Mm -hmm. episodes. Mm -hmm. And there Mm -hmm. were some kids there, but it was primarily adults. And I watched that and I was terrified <laughs> like, in this darkened theater. And I, we had done like a Q and a with these kids doing trivia questions. And let me tell you, never go up against a six or seven year old who knows star Wars. Those no, kids. never. No. Oh my gosh. Put us to shame. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, there are children here and I am terrified. And you hear like these sounds. Right. And just Katie Lucas was just so rad. And I'm like, okay. I, I'm back in. This
6: this this <laughs> is
5: great Star Wars, great Star Wars storytelling. And it just was, it felt so different. Um mm-hmm. and then I was like, I don't like the Tartakovsky ones anymore. This is a, <laughs> look at how they're portraying Massage Ventures here. Um no, but I I I love both. Anyways, yeah, it was really fun. And that that did everything, that changed mm. everything for me.
3: Yeah, uh, I'll I'll try to keep a, a little bit of this sh- uh, short because I've told it many times on Force Center, but uh, sometimes in an exaggerated way. You know, there's that meme of uh, somebody at a concert with the uh, cardboard that says, your music saved me. Mm. Uh, like, I sometimes want to be like, this animation show saved me. Mm. Uh, with Clone Wars, in terms of just like... Um, some some of my fandom it had been up and down. There are things that I loved about the prequels, uh, mm-hmm. and there's things that that bothered me about the prequels. And I didn't have anybody really to engage with the parts of the prequels that I thought were really interesting. And found myself thinking about. Um, and I was really I went to the theater in 2008 and saw the Clone Wars animated series. And at the time, now I love it because I see everything it's setting up. But at the time, it feels like I was kind of ready for the next chapter, and we're we're still you know, agitating over Anakin's fall and the shadow over him. And uh mm-hmm. I, I didn't understand uh where where <laughs> uh the hut voice was coming from. I know now that it's the Truman <laughs> Capote impression, but at the time I was like, What is what? that voice? <laughs> I, I I don't even know why, but I'm offended. I I don't even know what it is, but it feels like I shouldn't be hearing it. Like it was it oh was gosh. And I was just like, oh boy, this is such a mix of like there it felt like the prequels mm-hmm. again of like there's this stuff I love, but stuff that I'm really challenged by. It wasn't challenged by Ahsoka. Anyway, I didn't watch the show for a long time, uh, because I didn't eat, I didn't have cable. But finally, early on when I moved here to Los Angeles, it was all on Netflix up uh, through they had just released the the Netflix sponsored season six.
6: And yeah. I right,
3: yeah. binged the hell out of it. And it was the moment where I was like, wait there's far more of the prequels that I love than I ever thought. And it, all of mm-hmm. it is in this show. Mm-hmm. It is the character relationships. It is the nuance of Anakin's fall. It is the importance of the political story with following Padme and how important she is and how uh, many things that prequel era would have gone better for the entire galaxy. If people had listened uh, to Padme, it is this um, daring uh, uh, exploration of the new it's an, Anything goes in my sandbox attitude from Lucas, uh, you know, up to a point, obviously, but just yeah. being so the show is bold, weird, deeply emotional, unabashedly pulp. Yeah. And, and it felt like a weird secret, like this is what Star Wars can be. This is what I wanted mm. in 1985 when I was watching Ewoks and Droids of mm. it can be the classic <laughs> characters it can be cool lightsaber fights, but it can also be weird weird monsters like the Zillow beast. It can be entire episodes of political intrigue with Padme. It can be anything. It, it, it just really exploded my mind and, uh, uh, really made me go. I, I love the prequel era from the aesthetics to the ideas, and I'm going to stop resisting it and examine some of my previous biases and where they come from. Mm -hmm.
4: That's that's huge. Yeah, yeah. We won't make this all about the Clone Wars. I forgot. Yeah, even to mention the movie, which I did not see in theater, but oh, that was yeah. a stumbling block for a lot of us. The voices, all those kind of things. I totally get it. It's amazing to go back and look now and how much I actually just really enjoyed that movie. It's, mm-hmm.
3: I, I yeah, yeah, I love it now. It's great, great action. Everything that's going on between Ahsoka and the, their great Obi Wan beats. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The yeah. Anyway, it, yeah. I love it now. I didn't understand yeah. what it was doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. before we move on from Clone Wars, part of the reason that I wanted to talk about it is to kind of set the stage for what we have valued in animation as we look forward, and um, I, I stumbled upon this interview between George Lucas and Conan O'Brien uh, years ago, mm. but I finally found it as just a meme that that boils it down to, it takes all the ums and ahs out, but it's what they actually said, mm. and this is about the, the Clone Wars, and I think to me it explains a lot of the Clone Wars success. So Conan O'Brien says, you're doing a Star Wars television show now. And George Lucas says, yeah, it's an animated series about the Clone Wars. It's very much Star Wars. It's not a South Park comedy. It's not a Kitty SpongeBob SquarePants. It's sort of the first dramatic animated show that is PG-13. So it doesn't really go on late night. It doesn't go on Saturday afternoon. It actually doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and then Conan O'Brien turns the audience and says... Excellent marketing strategy. You'll love it and you'll never see it.
5: <laughs> uh, I've gone in. I've gone in.
3: Very funny. Very, very George Lucas. You know, I yeah. say one thing and then I kind of take it back. But to me, <laughs> what it illustrates is the man put his own money into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is he always did. He was not going to get the permission from a bunch of gatekeepers to shape a, a Star Wars anime show. He just did exactly what it, what he wanted. And it is weird. It is. It does sit absolutely awkwardly between, like, there's some episodes that do feel like, oh, yeah, this is a nice moral for kids. We just watched Cad Bane slaughter 13 people we care about. Uh, the Night Sisters are terrifying. It, it is odd. It, it doesn't really have a place. But I think that sort of um, artistic integrity of, I'm going to make exactly what I want, is part of what gave the Clone Wars power. Ken, how do you feel about that? The fact that George Lucas just went off and did something that, like, doesn't fit Mm. into an established place for animation is an awkward mix, in my opinion, between being absolutely for kids and absolutely for adults. Mm. Is that a part of the power of the Clone Wars to you?
4: I think in the end, yeah, it, it is so uh, unique in its own way. I love that description. I do remember that interview, and but uh, you can focus on the Conan joke as I have for years. But to hear him just go like, "Yeah, it's kind of a, it's a drama, the first in its class, the first to market," uh, as they say when a restaurant comes to town that's never been there, right? It's, 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 <laughs> it's. it's doing what it wants and and I think I respect that more and more and more just like just like the prequels. It doesn't mean it's always going to be perfect. You're right and the tone shifts can sometimes be jarring. I I still have friends who are like, "Yeah, I I'm trying. I I, I gave it a go." Then I got to insert whatever episode and there's several to choose from where they just like, "I just didn't get it. I just don't know why." And, and 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 I think that's that's okay. And I I think it's fine for the show to just be like, "This is what we are." Uh and that's very George, obviously. Uh and, and maybe now even very Dave, but uh uh yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I, I just celebrate. It's hard sometimes it, when I'm having those conversations. It's hard to explain why you should like brain worms and witches and frog military leaders. Military <laughs> killing <laughs> 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 Oh, yep. Uh,
3: so moving forward from Clone Wars, animation has been huge in the Disney Lucasfilm era, building off of the <laughs> uh, the artistic success uh, uh, of the Clone Wars, in my opinion. Uh, but we've of course had Rebels, which is a huge uh, uh, fan converter uh, a lot of people's for entry into star wars uh we have the short-lived uh, star wars resistance that many people love of course bad batch uh, going now we've got the visions series mm. uh we've got tales of the jedi we have a lot of stuff that's uh different attempts to hook younger viewers the young jedi adventures uh, forces of destiny galaxy of adventures we have had multiple star wars lego shows and specials uh ken for you what is all of this animation that that has been rich in the disney lucasfilm era what does it add to the star wars galaxy and and why is animation such a good match for this storytelling
4: i think it, it it's a bit of a gear shift in how it's presented and and then in that gear shift like hey a little something different we're going we're going to go we can go down here to this direction and then you you can do something that is so specifically for children like the adventures of nubs or the young jedi adventures uh which i have to catch up on i have to admit i i I trailed off uh you know forces of destiny all that kind of stuff so you can do that and and in in a weird way get away with things more that maybe you wouldn't be able to do and you can you can narrow focus on this particular part of the audience and then for the rest of us the i think i think this is what the Clone Wars 3D animation series, um, anime series um, did is established. We can go back. We can go back to a time period that maybe even you don't think you liked, and we're just going to play with that. And we're going to play that world. We're going to build it out. And it's not that we're going to make it better, as uh, maybe even I've said before in my past, uh, drunk at a comic con. Um, it is. It is about. Here's we've got this world. We're going to play around with it, and and we're going to be able to do things that maybe you would uh if you saw it in live action like i that this the this, this purgle is a great example if you if if that those whales debuted in live action, I think there would have been a big wall up to people, but because they were animated mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. and and then now they're live action, even that seems to be you know I know some people who, who've seen them in live action first who are, who are a little like what's with the whales?" Get it. But, but because they're real, it, you can imagine it more. It's just this different palette. It's this different way to paint. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I, I think I really, I really appreciate about it. Yeah. How about you, Jennifer?
5: I think that that's such an excellent point. And I think it's, they, they push the envelope. And look, we mm-hmm. talked about, I think on the live stream, about how the animated show, specifically Clone Wars, really experimented with genres. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the the great thing about these animated series is that you have more episodes, therefore you have more time to try things out. I mean, as we've talked about, look at the evolution of Snips, of Ahsoka's character. You know, you introduce that character in live action. People, some fans would go crazy and say, she's the worst Star Wars character ever. And people did say that on animation, but it's like she, she was able to evolve. She was able to grow with Mm. live action. You have eight episodes to Mm. achieve what you want to achieve. So certain Mm. things they can't really have as much fun, have as much play, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Go wild Mm -hmm. And that's why we got, like you're saying, Ken, the purgles is because they're just like, hey, how about whales in space? But can you imagine, like, I cannot imagine them introducing that in live action for the first time. It's almost too weird. Although that's why I do like uh, Gorian Gorian Shard, Chan, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. it's just, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> this-
3: Jennifer, did you know that a, a thumbs down just appeared on your screen?
5: Oh my gosh, no. What?
3: I Who? don't know. I yeah.
5: Sorry I saw something. <laughs> Who are you? Ghost?
3: I don't. I don't know what program you got running, but it was really rude. It was like the screen was disagreeing <laughs> with what you were saying, so I couldn't ignore it. I'm sorry. It so, yeah. I'm so I
4: was. Offended. I was. It's I didn't accurate. see because I was looking off, dreaming of space whales, star whales. <laughs>
3: You're <laughs> no. like
5: no to space pirates.
3: If it had been a it thumbs like up, I wouldn't have said anything. But you said Gorian <laughs> Shard, and something that appeared on your screen. It's like, oh, oh, great. Now we got. Now we got to hear <laughs> criticism from screens I mean, the humans behind them no wrong? The wrong
5: character name like oh my gosh uh, what? Uh, but anyways.
3: you were making a great point of <laughs> Gorian shard i think in uh, a lot of what we're seeing in live action in the mandalorian and in obviously ahsoka since a lot of it, it comes directly from animation with the purgles but we're seeing i think the spirit of animation make the jump to live action Um, Mm
6: -hmm, and to
3: me that's part of the value and part of the reason i wanted to talk about clone wars before moving forward is uh uh, i think animation is exploration uh Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. animation like you're both saying you in theory can spend a longer time with characters which builds a devotion um obviously movies can accomplish that you know people kind of like that luke Han and leia (laughs) for the (laughs) most part they were in movies and comic books and a couple books and people fell in love with them. Obviously you can fall in love with people but there is a different relationship when you feel like you're walking a long road with Ahsoka or Ezra and you are growing up with them in real time.
6: Mm
3: -hmm. And I think that happened for both uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. They were on long enough that I'm sure there are kids who tuned into Rebels and by the time they get to the third year and Ezra's a little bit more grown up and has a new haircut so do they. And they were in junior high and now they're starting mm-hmm. high school and they're walking in the same thing with Ahsoka. Um, I think one of the things I love greatly about Clone Wars is it just had the elbow room to spend more time with Anakin is a, is a great hero is a, is a mm-hmm. loving older brother figure is a friend of Obi-Wan. Um, it, animation can explore those characters and then it can explore the heightened reality of star Wars. Um, the original trilogy and the prequel era, uh, in the prequel trilogy, I think, you know, are are very pulpy and very weird. And and then there's a little, there's a little caution through the years Mm -hmm. in live action that I think animation has exploded. Like you're saying with Ken with like, and again, that goes back to the, the clone wars of nothing's off the, the table. Mm -hmm. You know, the night sisters started in, in publishing, but here they are on live mm-hmm. screen. Here's the Zilla beast. Here's the brain worms. Here's here's the frog military guy. Anything in it. Maul can come back and don't worry about it too much. He just is. Mm-hmm. You know, it, right. it, it uh, turns out what does Mandalore look like? People have wondered for years. It, it's a Cubist painting by C- Picasso. There you go. Um, <laughs> there's such a sense of creativity and spirit and exploration and I think animation was really responsible for that. And I feel like it is translating into a lot of the live action that we're getting now.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. I, yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're right. Gory and Shard's a great example, Chad, of just that. that <laughs> That's a cartoon character come to life. And, I, and, I think, yeah. uh, yeah. and, and the generations that are, you know, obviously it can come up behind us and the Clone Wars generation. Like to them, it's, it's old hat. Yeah. Weird moss face guy. Would have been season three Clone Wars. Yeah.
3: Yep, <laughs> Yep, uh, there's some stuff that Mandalorian too, I think uh, Well, totally. he is from Mandalorian, you wouldn't Anyway, so um, moving on to the era we're finding yourself in uh, Obviously, all of Star Wars is connected It's always looking forward and back at the same time But Jennifer, do you feel like Bad Batch wrapping up it Is wrapping up what the Clone Wars started? Is this in some ways an end uh, of an era To have the story of the clones wrap up?
5: I mean, it's a great way of putting it. It's interesting because I feel like it's such a, a, a very active fan base. And so I just, I can't imagine that this would be the end. Uh, may, mm. Maybe it is. I mean, it certainly, I guess, feels like that. Come back to me when I when I finished uh, catching up with Bad Batch. And, <laughs> and then, I'll, <laughs> then I'll have that emotional weight, you know? I yeah. think that will help.
3: No, that, that that makes sense. How do you feel about it Ken? Do you feel like the bad batch might be sort of wrapping up in, in era of storytelling?
4: I I do, and I think that's why the the show has grown in importance and try not to, you know, spoil anything, Janice. I want you to Oh, that's the okay, you can season. spoil. No, no, just just where where it's going and 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 the big themes of of even stuff we talked about last week on the show of of how they're dealing with the clones, not just what happened with the clones, but who are those clones? Uh, as they're dealing with this and dealing being, you know, destroyed and targeted and pushed out uh, after they were built and bred for uh, war. It, it it just all seems to be like, cool, cool. We, had, we had that era and, and we're just kind of, this is truly, it's this emotional transition to the stories that follow on the timeline. Doesn't mean you can't go back. Doesn't mean with a series like Tales of the Jedi or, any, or whatever, you know, volumes uh, might come out of that uh, going forward. Like you, you could, you could, Absolutely go back to the time period. You can go back to the animation style and mm-hmm. presentation, but but it just seems emotionally this is kind of the end of an era.
3: Yeah, it's really well uh, sifted through. I don't think that, that animation style is going away. They have it all up and right. running. They've been using it for Tales of the Jedi. It might continue to be a little bit of the, the house style. Yeah. Um, who knows? Um, I don't think it's the end of hearing stories about, individual clones the next animated series could be you know uh rex and rex, yeah. <laughs> wolf and, and gregor having weird yeah. adventures uh, who, who knows uh, it, we could have a series that's just the clones the, the who remain fighting in the galactic civil war who knows but what what is striking me on a deeply emotional note is the clones don't have much room to be uh, uh examined in the prequel films in attack in attack the clones it's it's a failure that they yeah. exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the end note. of the, It's just, it's sadness. It's Baylor going you know, hitting his fist sadly on the balcony. You get a little bit of the sort of the tragedy of them turning by having a little bit of that relationship between Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and Cody in Revenge mm-hmm. of the Sith. Mm-hmm. But the first episode of the Clone Wars after the movie is Yoda, uh, you know, our, our wise person that we listen to and we believe what he says he's a trusted voice telling the clones they're all unique in establishing like they're not cannon fodder they're not meat puppets they are unique in the force and from that moment there's like this responsibility toward them of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we have started telling a story where we're asking you the audience to value them where is their story going to end and i think that's the way it's feeling for me of the, the animated Clone Wars that, that Flony got to wrap up with season seven ties off, you know, uh, mm. uh, Ahsoka and Anakin's journey during the Clone Wars period. And it's got some amount of resolution for Rex. But the clones as a whole, as, as a group, it, this show is so much like not justice for the clones, but like respect for the clones. And I continue to feel like Bad Batch's season three is going to examine these specific clones that we know, but it's also going to be. How does their overall story end as a group of people uh, that exist, the clones? So Mm -hmm. that's why I'm feeling like it's kind of wrapping up an era of what Clone Wars started. Um, But I also think Star Wars is always looking forward and back at the same time. So who knows what – maybe Keller and Beck will appear in this. And uh, who knows what seeds for the future will be planted in Bad
4: Batch Season 3. Yeah, but yeah, my final thought is you, you kind of touched on it. It's like this was a series starring the clones. Clone Wars Mm -hmm. did not star the clones it had them in there featuring. But yeah, uh, Mm. that's part of the joy of uh, the Bad Batch for uh, the Bad Batchers out there.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to start talking about the future here. Um, We'll talk about multiple possibilities of what might be next for Star Wars animation. But I want to start with one that that we've talked about before and many other fans have discussed. It often comes up first if you put a question out there of like, what do you want to see next in animation? And that is the possibility of a show focusing on the Jedi adventures of Luke Skywalker uh, after the events of uh, Return of the Jedi. uh, Focusing on Luke, but perhaps a young Ben Solo is also there. Perhaps uh, Mm -hmm. Luke's relic hunting buddy, Lor San Tekka. Uh, Perhaps Luke's functioning Jedi Academy that we read about in the comic book, uh, Rise of Kylo Ren. Uh, Jennifer, do you want an Adventures of Luke Skywalker animated show? And if so, why? I don't
5: did a little bit of research yesterday. Oh. I did a little bit of research. And let me tell you, mm. this is a landmine. You have fans <laughs> online who have very specific ideas about what this show should be about. Mara Jade should return. Um, you know, we got a show how Luke became so disillusioned and grumpy. Like, we need these answers. You know, there's just a lot. There's a lot of questions mm-hmm. that they want answered. And I think that that would take away some of the fun Mm. (laughs) of the show. I think Mm -hmm. it'd be great. I'd be open to whatever they want to do. But I do think it's a a little tricky with fan expectations. And not to say that, like, they should care, right? But at the same time, it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know.
3: Yeah. I I think I find myself this morning, I don't know why, (laughs) I am filled with the spirit of George Lucas as uh, the the rebel in flannel.
5: (laughs) I love it. I love
3: it. Um, I'm a fan. I want, I want there to be an understanding of, Hey, this is, this thing will really upset fans. Sure. Be aware of that. But at the same time, everything George Lucas has ever done has been in the spirit of, I'm telling this story. I, I knew you were, I knew you were going to hate Jar Jar. I didn't think you were going to hate him that much, but I, but I knew you, you were going to, you know, Mm -hmm, this is the person mm who, you know, called the, the working draft of attack the clones, Jar Jar's big adventure, whatever. Um, Starting the Clone Wars 3D animated series, he could have made it all cool Jedi and clones and Anakin brooding. And he's like, no. Mm. And, I, and I know some of you aren't going to like that. I know some of you aren't going to like that he has a Padawan because you think that's not right. And I know you're not yeah. going to like it being a young woman. Too bad. I know you're not going to like a whole uh, episode of of Jar Jar, you know, saving the day by being klutzy. Yeah. yeah. Too Too bad my money, my ideas, my flannel. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not advocating for anybody disrespecting the fans, but I think what the Clone Wars to me demonstrated is um, with uh, all of the storytelling possibilities with Maul coming back, with there's parts of Obi-Wan that you don't know, that Anakin had a Padawan. To me, the legacy of Clone Wars is there's more storytelling there than we think based just on the information we have in in movies. So I, I totally agree with you that it's a landmine, but I think Star Wars could use a little bit of the, we're, we're telling the story we want to tell. you know? But don't
5: you think that that's like almost not impossible, but everything is so driven by the algorithm and like, you know, what what do the fans want and all this stuff. It feels like things have totally shifted in our industry, which I, we're going to talk about a little yeah. bit later on. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if the, they would even do the Clone Wars. Like part of the reason why they did it was because George was like, F it. Uh, like you're saying, I I am doing my doing it my way. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know if they if and I know that, you know, Dave, Dave Filoni, he has his own ideas and stuff like that. But I don't know if they would push the envelope like they did and just totally disregard fan expectations. I think that they're a little bit more conscious of that now.
3: I think they are. And I, I mean, the fan expectations is a it's a really delicate thing to me because like with the uh, the Tales of the Jedi with like um, Floney revising some of Ahsoka's story in a way mm. that erased gay characters. Like, mm. I think you know, mm. be aware that fans really love the publishing and be, you know, aware of those expectations. I think things like I, I'm fine with being aware of things like that. But the idea of fans have already made up the story and that it should be Mara Jade? Right, right. No, then let's just write by consensus. Then let's just mm. put, put Uncle Bob sends an email to every Star Wars fan and we get the vote. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that, the that's my, yeah. that's oh my, my concern oh my of like, it, <laughs> yeah. and w- when we get down to the brass tacks of it uh, in just like Hollywood reality, the question for me of, could it be more like the Clone Wars? The question is, how much power does Filoni really have?
5: Mm. Mm. Right, and there it is—it's it. yeah. a
3: delicate, specific thing. I am of the opinion that uh, Favreau has a lot of power because he doesn't need to do Star Wars. He has made Disney millions of dollars doing non-Star Wars things. He could—he could make indie uh, cookie movies for the rest of his life and win Academy Awards. He could go. He has the power to go make blockbusters. Un- Un- Uncle Bob can own can tell Favreau what to do, but there's a little bit more of a dance. He has power. Mm -hmm. And there's a question of, you know, and we're going to talk about more of like, what does, what does Disney want out of an animated show? But if it really is just like, we, we want more storytelling. uh, We want to get younger people excited about this era. We want to be able to sell some new Luke Skywalker merchandise. That's what we want from a business numbers perspective out of it. Mm -hmm. Dave, we trust you do whatever you want. You know, I, I think, there's a possibility that that world exists. Ken, how do you feel about all of this sort of like managing uh, landmines? Because I do agree with you, Jennifer. I, I don't. I don't mean any of my vitriol. <laughs>
4: no, no, you. no. It's, it's yeah, the, yeah.
3: It's the ideas. Like, yeah. How do you feel about it all?
4: I, I look, I'm with Jen on the the real malaise that can sometimes uh, you know uh, attach itself to to my soul on some of the Star Wars stuff. Even the conversations about a what if series uh, in Star Wars. I don't want it simply because I just I'm gonna un on you know. I'll remove every social media app from my phone and just, that's it. We're done. We're done. I'm just, I'm off. <laughs> Maybe I'll go to threads where no one is. Uh, just like, I just don't want to be around for those conversations. Right. And and I think there's some, some it's, it's real and and, and I have to own it. I try to own it when I can't about, uh, that's a great idea. I just, I just don't want to deal with what fans mm. are going to be saying or <laughs> what I'm going to hear in a bar from friends. Uh, but also, you know, I, I'm with you Joseph on, on, I think, this Disney era has been, it's been both heavily researched and, and R and D and demographics and testing. And it's obviously uh, it, it, they try, they're trying for four quadrants. I totally get the business of it, but I also think it's been really super creative and, mm-hmm. and gone to places where it wants to go. I mean, Mandalorian itself, you said it. I mean, that's why I always go to chapter two of Mando uh, with, with that, that episode uh, with, with the uh, off world Jawas and Rook family, us directing mm-hmm. where it's was like, Oh, this, oh, they're doing something. Okay, I got it. I'm in. Cause I wasn't sure if I was in after week one, but now I'm in. Um, so I think it's possible. Um, it's, uh, yeah, going back to what you're saying, Jen, sometimes the frustration I feel like, even just the last year or so, again, and these aren't the, nameless, faceless trolls. These are people I've had to work with or friends with or who just are convinced I, I had a job this past year at a, at a YouTube channel. Everyone there was convinced that, well, you know, they put Grogu in Book of Boba Fett because Kathleen Kennedy ordered that. And these are completely reasoned people in and out of this. I'm like, that's not the case. It's not the case. You can't prove that. There's nothing. That's a theory. That's a theory you have that you're now putting into a million viewed uh, views video. That's wrong and 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 it just so it's like the frustration with that versus so it's like I'd love them to be yeah you know, i's gotten i've gotten kind of a debate over the 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 jack black lizzo episode this past week with a friend it was just like that that was not what we wanted like that that's not about what you wanted so i i i i would love them to plant a flag and Luke and Ben and Lord and santec and all this <clears throat> stuff, and let's just do it, let's just do what we want um and I, I think they can, I think they will more than not. But yeah, I feel your pain, Jen, on that. Does that makes yeah. sense. Yeah.
5: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. the Star Wars counseling.
3: Yeah. I, I feel the pain as well. But I think going back to my reaction in 2008 of seeing the Clone Wars animated series, I didn't know where it was going and I didn't understand. And I was locked into my perspective where I was ready yeah. for Star Wars to move on from the story of Anakin right. and Obi-Wan. And if George Lucas has sent me a poll saying, should I do this <laughs> or should right. I do or, or should I do the underworld of Coruscant? I would be like, ooh, to the underworld. George, to the underworld. Um, and obviously he was going to. But it, but I would have deprived myself with my dumb vote of what the creator knew was interesting to them in that in that time frame and in that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's part of the reason part of where I'm coming from. I think also um it, it again I I I I'm a fan I'm not saying you should t- entirely ignore uh uh fan thoughts too but you, uh, do, do you guys remember when Daniel Craig was hired to be James Bond in Casino Royale and he was blonde and Bond has a- almost always been like mm-hmm. uh, svelte but muscled underneath cuz he's you know mm-hmm. you know he he, he was never a big bruiser like Daniel Craig mm-hmm. was. He was never blonde. And then there's reports keep coming out about blonde little, little delicate Blondie, hurt himself on set again. And people were just laughing and they knew yeah. that he was going to be the worst Bond ever. That Casino Royale was a joke. And then mm-hmm. smash cut to people's jaws dropped of like, yeah, he hurt himself on this set because he was breaking through <laughs> walls because he was going so hard because he's, yeah, you know. Yeah. I just think of all sorts of things like that. Of people are certain they want a, a, a thing mm-hmm. and, and they're, they're not in the process. they like, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. so anyway, I think there are probably people out there who just, they think it should be Mara Jade. But if, if a new Jedi order show did for the sequel era, what the clone wars did for the prequel era, which mm-hmm. opened people up to examining the movies in a different way or, mm-hmm. Even they didn't like the movies, but they, they, but they like this thing because it answered more of their questions. Like you know, I know yeah. I know people who are they're never going to like the prequels, but they like the Anakin of Clone Wars, and, and that's a great thing too. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, a L- lot of history there. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for myself, just I'm sorry, go ahead, Ken.
6: Oh no,
4: yeah, was I-, just, I was you were taking me back to 2006, well, five, two, where yeah. Daniel Craig, uh, a blonde bond was the just uh, the rank, the (laughs) rancor around that. (laughs) Yes, Uh, people
3: were very certain, very Mm -hmm. certain. And that Mm -hmm. kind of online certainty has Mm -hmm. only got uh, that you make a snap judgment uh, of something and people are utterly certain.
4: Uh, uh yeah, Michael Michael Keaton Batman was another big one. Pop culture. Oh mm, yes, yeah. people were I sure that. that
3: was a disaster. And now years later, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the the deeply beloved. So, I, yeah. um, I think for myself, I, I don't. I I love the sequel trilogy. I don't need anything fixed. The Clone Wars animated series ultimately doesn't fix the prequels to me. It adds to them it expands Mm -hmm. them and gives them nuance in additional layers of richness i've loved luke skywalker since i was you know just about since i was born practically um i think there's room to show stories of his victories we are not defined just by the worst thing that's happened to us Mm -hmm. if anakin's Mm -hmm. story was only the uh, the prequel films, we only get to spend a tiny amount of time as a, as a true charming hero. I really want that time to spend with Luke where things are going well and he makes a difference and he keeps the balance in the force. And just because Ben Solo falls eventually doesn't mean there isn't tons of great storytelling to spend with Han and Leia's son, who's just sitting right there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we, you know, to me, the, the, for me as a fan, the appeal of just spending more time with these characters, with an era where Luke's school is going well and where as many things as we discovered in the Clone Wars, as, as Ahsoka is Anakin's Padawan is Obi-Wan had a love interest, all those kind of things that like, there's room to tell those stories. Mm -hmm. How much room is there to tell more and more stories of, the good, the bad, the ups and downs of of Luke in Ben Solo. When people look at Anakin now, he isn't just a tragedy.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: He he's a hero. He's a favorite they, because we got to spend lots of time with him as a hero. And I think it would might change the way a lot of people feel about Luke and Ben to spend more time with them in, in some of their good days.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, look at. Hayden coming back and the warmth behind there's a lot of reasons for the warmth behind Hayden coming back but that moment with Ahsoka was was powerful for a reason for for the Mm -hmm. reasons you're describing yeah look I've wanted a Luke and Lor Santeca pawn stars around the galaxy you you know show for since 2015 right when when it was kind of first when the first kind of visual dictionary comes out and you're like what oh lord is this and that and so I, I think it would do exactly what you described, Joseph, where it's like, I think probably like 2010 or 11, I probably said the words, oh, the Clone Wars series fixes a lot of the prequels problems. It, it's it, it's I understand that from the surface, but when you really, really stop and break that down, it's like, what's it fixing? It's, it's literally just fixing your co- connection to something that was already there. <laughs> It was, uh, that era was already built. The prequel stories and the world was already there. The broken thing was my connection. The show just, mm-hmm. the show didn't fix the, sh- the, the movies. The show was like, hey, all that's there. Did you not, did you miss it? Do you want to spend more time with it? Do you want to explore it more? Come in here. And I think, I think that's what a series like this could do. Um, and and I, I would look forward to that. Uh, and, and maybe pushing through some of the darkness that would definitely be around it. Yeah. To, to get to the other side.
3: It also has plenty of, again, that Rise of Kylo Ren comic book. He's got a functional Jedi school, and he's yeah. sending Jedi out on missions. There's so much room to introduce new characters. Look at, I mean, I know Asajj started in the Gennady Tartakovsky, but look at the Clone Wars animated series of Hondo, uh, Asajj, mm-hmm. Embo. You know, it introduced us to all mm-hmm. these characters, and it it isn't necessarily just the idea of Luke and Ben. It's also like there are plenty of characters to meet that we haven't met yet who could exist in that era. Oh, totally. Totally. So uh, final question, and then we'll take a break and talk more about other possibilities. <laughs> this, is, this is only going to make the uh, the, uh, the Discourse Wars <laughs> more difficult, this question. But, Ken, if the show happened, w- would you want Mark Hamill and Adam Driver to reprise re- their, their voice roles? Or like the Clone Wars, would you be interested in a different interpretation or do you just not care?
4: <laughs> um, no, I, I would love it. I would love it. It would be a lot of fun. Uh, I think Mark would do it. I think you'd have to drive a Brinks truck up to Adam's house to Mm -hmm. make him do it. But aside from that, I would love to do it. But I I think if it's new, uh, if it's new voices, I think it would just open up the possibility even more where you wouldn't be, because again, again, remember when Luke, Showed up and forces his uh, destiny and, and Mark Campbell voice from there. And it, you, you had weeks of, well, it didn't, he's old now. Like I just, <laughs> yes, yeah, of course, of course. Well, now we use re and then you'll, you'll hate that too. So it's like, just bring in someone else. Find, find the, uh, you know, James Arnold Taylor, and Matt Lanter uh, of this uh, era. And maybe yeah. it's that, but uh, it, it, someone else.
3: Jennifer, what are, what are your thoughts? Is this also raised your, your discourse alarms?
5: Oh, yeah. I mean, because if you bring if you bring Mark back, then the whole conversation is going to be a- around Mark Hamill. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. And like if you don't bring him back, though, you also get some like, why didn't you bring this legendary voice actor to the show? Right. And Mark even might comment about why why they never asked me. And then, ah, oh, <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. So
4: <laughs> Mark, right? Mark, God bless Mark. He would do one of those tweets where he's just being like honest and kind of goofy. And yeah. then it would just yes. be weeks and weeks of articles.
5: Exactly. He's just being like, you know, this nice man. Um, so anyways, I recast it. Just recast it. Adam Driver's not coming back. It Just start start fresh, I guess, so that if the focus is on the show itself and the story as opposed to the drama, yeah. the uh, you know, un- ridiculous drama that's made up.
3: Yeah. I, I think for me, it's just like, yes, I am I, fine, whatever they do. If it works for a budget and Mark and Adam want to do it, great that I'm happy as a Star Wars fan. What fun. Uh, But if not, I, again, I go to the, the Clone Wars example of that to to a lot of people, those actors are, um, are Obi-Wan and Anakin and they're Mm -hmm. happy uh, to, you know, get pictures of Matt Lanter meeting Hayden Christensen. And it's, it's a, it's a joyful thing. And if it could happen before uh, it can happen again. I also, we've talked a lot about recently about the possibility of recasting, Uh, legacy characters I also just think in in a story that is ongoing and jumps around in time I love all of the original performers and want to celebrate them and honor them but I also love the characters and I want the characters to be able to to live on which Mm -hmm. sometimes means allowing multiple interpretations not Mark Hamill is fired there's a new Luke Skywalker Mm -hmm. multiple interpretations is the way I look at it indeed indeed all right. Uh, if you are listening on the podcast, we are going to take a quick break. If you're watched on video, we'll be a uh, blip and be back in a moment. But we have a uh, Force Center Recommends, right, Ken?
4: We do. A uh, Force Center Recommends for all of you to check out. And we think you should still check out Dark Disciple by Christy Golden, a book that is rising in the rankings. Thanks to all the discussions this week. And I've been <laughs> loving Christy tweeting out going, I, yeah, don't worry. And also, look at these numbers. Uh, good for her. She's very sweet. I had the pleasure of interviewing her uh, a number of years ago. Go. So check out hmm. Dark Disciple uh by going to Audible Trial dot com slash That's Audibletrial.com slash to get your free audio book. All right. On that note, we will take that break and be right back here on Versa-
2: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot.
4: Right here in video, we are back. We're here. We never left. I didn't even get a chance to freshen up my coffee. We're still here on video and Joseph having a discussion about the future of Star Wars animation.
3: That is right. So we talked about the one that comes up a lot, the idea of a Luke Skywalker Jedi Academy show. We talked about uh, the various challenges, the excitements. Uh, Ken, what other era or idea would you be interested in for uh, a central animated show like Clone Wars and Rebels? And I make that distinction because... I I like Star Wars Resistance, but it didn't run as long, and I don't feel like it made as much of an impact in the fandom. I know there are people out there who love it. I loved it. Uh, Team team it forever. Um, (laughs) And then a lot of the other things we've had have been designed to be short-lived or bite-sized or not canon like the Visions. So if there was another, we're committed to this, a a minimum of three seasons. I'll throw Bad Batch in there because it feels substantive like this. What show like that would you want?
4: I I I go to the this New Republic era we're in and the establishment of that, uh, and you know, how big this war with Thrawn and who knows what exactly is gonna happen with that. Mm-hmm. You know, is there room to discover more that more there? I do like the Star I, I'm a fan of Star Wars Resistance. It is a, a show that was overlooked, it is underrated, uh it's got some great things, it's got some things that maybe aren't as great for you. Great, love it. But um the the premise of Star Wars Resistance, which when it first was announced, and I was like, great, we're getting into some of the actual fighting. Like, and I don't, again, don't need just that cool, cool fighting action, but just Leia, Leia and her team versus the growing threat of the First Order versus the New Republic's malaise and apathy towards, like, we got something there. We felt that, but we felt it over here, which I think was the right decision, right? Let's just form. Mm-hmm. You know, Cheers works because it's one bar, not fifteen in the, 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 <laughs> the, the area around Boston. So that works for me. But now you could do that again. Talking about what you're talking about, the Clone Wars, Rebels was spectacular, but it still even was just this one thing. But it got as it expanded and connected with the other groups. Um, so therefore, I think you could even go back. Uh, you know, if 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 you're not going to find a way to get Aaron Kellyman back as as uh, Ness in live action. Uh, doing an animation, I'd follow the Cloud Riders around, and that could almost be Mm. like that era. You know, Uh, if there's stuff you want to do with, uh, you know, Kira and all those organizations and everything that uh, Crimson done and everything, uh, go for it too. But that explore the underworld a little bit there, and explore the growing rebellion from that point of view. Mm.
5: Ooh, that's good. I changed my answer. (laughs) I want that. (laughs) That's
4: well. I don't know. I might. I might want your answer. I might want your answer.
3: Yeah, what are you, what are your other thoughts, Jennifer?
5: Well, I, naturally, I go to the High Republic because yeah. I'm yeah. so behind on the books. This could be a way for me to catch up, like my <laughs> like my Cliff Notes. Um, and I just think it's like kind of really fertile ground, right? It's really, mm. and it's a way to get new people on board. Like, hey, you haven't read the books? That's okay. This mm. is a Cliff Notes version mm-hmm. of what happened to the books, or I don't know. Um, and it also kind of maybe could well, not set up Acolyte like, because it would probably come out afterwards, but it could be an extension of like the excitement mm-hmm. around Acolyte. So mm. I don't know. I think it could be really, it could be really interesting, especially because I don't no. know really anything about it.
4: I think <laughs> I, 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 it always, it was this publishing initiative, you know, and as an Acolyte, again, Acolyte is Leslie Hes- Hedlund didn't pitch it as a, a High Republic. It just happened to fall in the air and then it's kind of become that and Vanessa Rogue that connection. But, but to actually have, you know, I think a show, I think a show is more possible than ever now. Mm. Yeah,
3: Mm -hmm. I I think so too. And I think there's a lot of different ways to approach it. I think uh, this came up as a question on our live stream uh, this past Friday, and the comments were filled with ideas, one of them repeatedly being the High Republic. There's so many different ways to take it because you could do it with some of the characters that people have met in publishing, but at a timeline that the publishing era didn't cover. Uh, you could follow Jedi and non-Jedi. You got, you got pirates, you got scoundrels, you got <laughs> government officials, you got all the normal uh, Star Wars characters. Um, you could follow ones that we have never met, but are affected by the major events of the publishing initiative. So it's sort of like, hey, if you want to read more about this disaster, you can yeah, go yeah. read it here or whatever. Uh, there's lots of different ways to take and interpret a High Republic uh, era and you could have, you know, uh, adult nubs show up since the Young chat Adventures is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want grizzled, uh, <laughs> world weary nubs to world-weary. show up oh my in Clone Wars animation style.
4: Cynical nubs. Oh, no. oh, Cynical rank. nubs.
3: Yeah. Yeah, um, I also thought, yeah, I think one of the other things that people had said in our live chat is sort of like, well, if Solo 2 isn't going to happen in live action, and it's a little bit what you're talking about, Ken, sort of the possibility of almost like a, um, in the era of the Imperial, is sort of almost like a scoundrels show where, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if what Clone Wars did where like, uh, Anakin, Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, Rex are the main characters, but also it's totally an anthology, and Padme, too, In um, five episodes with R2 and a frog guy, um, if mm-hmm. that is. You know, I don't know if anybody... I think that would challenge audiences' ex- expectations these days, <laughs> Jen, to your point. Yeah. Uh, but if mm-hmm. you did a scoundrel show, and like Han, Lando are kind of the main characters, but then we get a Kira arc, and, mm-hmm. and Enfist Nest arc, that would be cool mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it yeah, could yeah. be really pitched as like here's here's just some wild pirate fun wild scoundrel fun, here's a weird <laughs> mission that Han, fun. wild pirate <laughs> fun here's a mission that Jabba sets Han on yeah, yeah. No? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. lots yeah, of yeah. Han to watch, lots of Maz Kanata like there's, yeah. there, there's so many characters who exist in that world who are trying to uh, uh Doctor After you know, or trying to mm-hmm. scrape by in that era
4: during yeah. the Imperial times yeah, Aphrod yeah, a-, a great to name to bring up. Uh, she's got so many stories and adventures mm-hmm. in the comics and books. But uh, yeah. You know, uh, I, uh, yeah, that's that's a character that I think needs to make the, the the jump to a lot of other uh, mediums. Yeah. yeah, my
3: other wild idea is whatever our our new newly new to us galaxy is in Ahsoka, the the Peridia galaxy. Mm-hmm. You could also do an animated show set there mm-hmm. at any time with any co- you could. Really prove like here's how large the sandbox of Star Wars can be. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as it's kind of in, in the sort of um, thematic, morality perspective guardrails that are that were important to Lucas and that Filoni has been you know really carrying the torch of. That's about it. Otherwise, make up whatever you want. Whenever in the timeline is mm-hmm. really exciting. Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. That's possible.
3: Jennifer, would that would that be exciting to you, or would that feel like? It's, uh, I got to meet all these new people.
5: (laughs) I mean, yeah, it seems so vast and and overwhelming. I I wouldn't even know where to begin. And I do wonder how they would market that, you Mm. know, like that's, that's kind of a tough one. (laughs)
3: Well, it'd be a fascinating torture test because, you know, talking about the discourse, lots of people have been fed up with, uh, with IP, with remakes, with continuations, with legacy characters. That would be a fascinating to test way to test that. Do you really mean it? Because yeah. the hook of this Star yes. Wars is you truly know nothing. Nothing. Uh, maybe they have a version of a lightsaber, wow. and that's they have access to the force because the force is you know universal. It doesn't it's not limited by galaxy. But besides that, you said you want a new. Do you?
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it would be very interesting. Color bluff. Color bluff. Yeah.
4: New, the newest <laughs> of the new. Yeah, I've always had that thought too. Of. of <laughs> of you know uh people i just want new i just want new i want new and i i really agree with that and something like mandalorian mm-hmm. comes along and season one was definitely its own thing you're not fully connected i got it but it was in the air it was always connected it was always mm-hmm. you're gonna have to deal with it and you know i wonder how many people like what your picture, joseph of just uh you know the perils of paridia series and it's like wait a, i need a skywalker someone to show up <laughs> like i wonder how many people bluff would be called there be some people yeah. who are completely happy and i'd be one it'd be wonderful to explore it but
3: yeah, be fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh so we we do have a Tales of the Jedi season two on the way. Uh, are we excited for that? Um, do we want more Tales of the Jedi as well as other Tales of series? Is something that's coming up a lot in uh, in discussions. Ken, how do you feel about Tales of the Jedi and, and other Tales stories?
4: I think uh, a plus on both is uh, where I'd rate my interest uh, of uh, Tales of the Jedi. I want more. There's a lot more Jedi to explore. The Tales of, of other eras. I, I Tales of the, of the Republic. Give me more with with Padme. Uh, you know. Give me the, dele- the the delegate, the delegation of 2000, right? The, the mm. politicians opposing Palpatine and, uh, fill in some of those blanks. Uh, I think, um, and I, I remember Filoni kind of knew this was the case, that Padme was uh, underserved and in season seven. He just didn't have as much for her, right, is kind of the mm-hmm. way he said it and, and why he did throw some stuff in there. And he didn't want it to seem like just a throw-in. He understands the importance of the character. Um, but I would love to see more with her and a younger Mon Mothma. I think there would be more people interested in Mon Mothma's uh, actions during that time. Uh, especially with the deleted scenes from *Revenge of the Sith* that sometimes mm. get discussed, and they're they're rather popular uh, out there in the discussion world, and and now seeing where we are with Andor, I'm just like, all right, all right, let's let's see her in young Perrin. <laughs> like what happened? Mm. I think, and, and and would that work? Would it be super marketable? I don't know, but I just think this series has the ability to go. You know, we we focus on Ahsoka and the Dooku stories from season one. Or volume one, which were wonderful. But we got to see young Qui-Gon. We got to see what happened to Yaddle. Those are kind of those explorations of of the lore that 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 do hit. And so these series could do all that stuff. Uh uh-huh. yeah. Uh, Ezra, boom, crash lands on Peria. Yeah, like he's there. The Purgles drop a, a a Star Destroyer. Now he's there by himself. I wanted three episodes on that. That'd be great. Great,
3: how did Luthen get his wig? Some of how those important Luthan questions from Andor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, you're right. I think there's just, there's, I'm, I really love the Tales of the Jedi series, it's one of my, my favorite things. I like that it is just yeah. continuing with the Clone Wars animation, I like that it is exploring these little discrete moments that are that are um rewarding for me to be fleshed out. Uh, mm-hmm. see, getting to see you know ah- Ahsoka. Mourn Padme, and risk her life because, like, I have to be at the funeral. Like, mm-hmm. those kinds of little moments with these characters who spent a long time with her are, are valuable to me. So, yeah. very excited for the second season. I know a lot of people uh, are uh, thinking, well, maybe maybe we'll get a little bit more of Sabine and Ahsoka's first training session. Maybe Filoni will start to put his stamp on on yeah. Luke and Ben in A Tales of the Jedi. Uh, yeah. Could we get the, maybe Asaj just pops up in Bad Batch, but maybe in A Tales of the Jedi, we see. Quinlan Voss going to Dathomir because he's like, I felt something in the force and she's yeah, not, she's, not, that she's not done, you know?
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: Um, we could see more adventures of, uh, of Barriss Offee and <laughs> yeah. her, her cold relationship with Luminara. We could see Terra Inube's last stand. Oh. Uh, so many.
4: <laughs> Tragic. <laughs> Tragic.
3: Tragic. So many great uh, Tales of the Jedi uh, possibilities. But yeah, I think this, um, this little bite-sized storytelling could be done across lots of genres uh, mm-hmm. within star wars and lots of kind of character classes Indeed. uh jennifer you have thoughts i have thoughts
5: this this show is not for me it's just not for me i think i've become a tiktok person where my attention span it's bad and i've recently gotten <laughs> back into tic- tiktok i so if these bite-sized episodes i really struggle with yeah. uh because by the time i really get into it i'm just like oh and then it's over mm. um I think that they're beautiful. I loved, loved the Ahsoka one. I showed it to my kids. They wanted to watch it. Then they wanted to watch more. And I'm like, no, that's it. That's it. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And they're like, but wait, but wait. I'm like, (laughs) Um, I think it's a great way for them to explore these, these topics, these themes to answer questions. But for me personally, I don't really get much enjoyment
4: out of it. Are they they too long or too short?
5: I don't know. I, they're two I, in I, between, they're, right? They're two, two between. in between. <laughs> they're two in between. That's exactly it. So if yeah. I am gonna put something on, what am I gonna put on? Well, for I am just gonna watch TikTok. It's terrible. I am not the audience because it feels yeah, I am the wrong person. So,
3: <laughs> how would you feel if Tales of the Jedi was successful enough that it sort of evolved into the next um, Hardy uh, animated show where it, what where the episodes were you know twenty five minutes? I would love it. it, And it was like an anthology. And instead of spending five minutes with Ah Ahsoka, we spent, you know, four episodes with her uh, in tell the entire story, you know, basically what your daughters were like, are there more like, yeah, then Plo Koon comes. Then this is her first year at the Jedi temple. And like, be a little bit more mm. full stories rather than these just sort of quick glimpses of frozen moments.
5: Yes, because it was so beautiful, it really felt more like a Studio Ghibli type of of animation mm-hmm. style, which I really loved. And I and I felt like that that would be more interesting for me. Or if it's mm. like a Tales of the Bounty Hunters or Tales of the Underworld, I think mm. that that could be kind of fun just to dive into. But again, I'm not going to just put it on.
6: Um.
3: Yeah, TikTok. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I understand. I understand, and like for me, some of these are like I don't, I don't necessarily rewatch them all the time, but I love, I love them, and I love them existing because I think about them more than I watch them. Mm-hmm. I think like I, I've only rewatched Tales of the Jedi, you know, maybe once or twice. I've watched the the Dooku Yaddle episode multiple times because it's very mm-hmm. pleasing to me and yeah. very upsetting at the same time. So it's almost more like I just enjoy thinking about them, enjoying them existing than necessarily being the thing that I put on to watch with my breakfast kind of thing.
5: hmm That makes sense.
3: Yeah. Um, Ken, did you have more thoughts on Tails?
4: Well, I was, it, the timing works for me because I, my average meal is eaten in less than 10 minutes but over 7, so <laughs> – <laughs> it's a perfect <laughs> ah, JFK, Tales of Jedi yeah. now
3: no. here's a poll I'd be fine with them putting out of like look we'll handle the storytelling but how long does it take you to eat because we're trying to figure, out, trying to figure it out how long an episode should be
4: mm-hmm. fans mm-hmm. let mm-hmm. us know <laughs> uh,
3: so uh, Vision Season 3 is also on the way in terms of future of Star Wars animation mm-hmm. um, Ken how important do you think shows like Vision are these sort of non-canon and again Relatively quick bites, right? They're they're around 10, 20 minutes, most of them?
4: Some. And then there's some I look at some. and go, oh, I don't have, I have 47 minutes of. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. Right. Uh, uh, it's weird. Yeah. Um, I Look, I, I actually, at the end of the day, really do love and appreciate visions. It's kind of almost like you were saying, Jen, it's almost not for me. Um, mm-hmm. But this last round, there's a couple of them that absolutely moved me. And I saw someone, I want, oh, God, I wish I had the name. I want to shout someone in our YouTube comments when we were discussing the what ifs last week said visions is kind of a what if it's mm-hmm. just, you know, oh, yeah. I, I'm adding I words mean. to their comment now, but it's just like, it's not Luke and and Han and all those characters. It's just, what if this was over here? And what if the themes were over here? And I think it does work on that level. So I want it to keep going. Uh, I know there's so many passionate fans about it uh, mm-hmm. uh, for the series. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't have that passion for it, but I really appreciate it. And this last round really, I think because it was uh, season 1 was solid too but I think it was, it was different styles and all around the world. I really liked that. That 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 drove home the, you know, the ideas behind the series a little bit more for me. So, uh I I am excited uh, to see what's coming next even though I have that really the push pull. I don't I don't adhere to canon in every step of my life that I'm like, well, it's not canon, I'll I'll invest it a little bit later. Mhm. Yeah,
3: I mean, I think that the, the canon thing can become pedantic, but the value of it is you spend mm-hmm. a lot of time with the characters. So yeah. Ahsoka attending Padme's funeral, uh, you know, hits me in a different way than seeing the exact same scene with characters that I'm meeting for the first time. It would still be powerful. I yeah. would still get the themes. I would still get the message and I would still enjoy it. But it wouldn't resonate across the many years that I have personally lived with those characters and, mm-hmm. and live in my imagination as strongly. Uh, that to me is the difference between the sort of canon, not canon. Yeah, it's how that's much right. it, it. Yeah, uh, I, I I really enjoy Visions, and for me, it's a great sample platter because I don't think there's a single one I've watched and said I don't like that. That's not for me, or I think that's poorly done. I enjoy them all. Enjoy yeah. talking about them all. And then for both seasons, there's like two or three that's like, oh damn, that's great. And I yeah. rewatched the Spy Dancer from Spy Dancer. the second season is just uh, mm. phenomenal. Um, and I hope it keeps going because I think it reinforces the idea of Star Wars as a as a sandbox or Star Wars as a canvas. And when I'm watching all of them, what affects me is watching what other people celebrate about Star Wars. So either a specific theme mm-hmm. or a specific visual or a specific aesthetic. And it just seems a great way to sort of celebrate all the different ways that Star Wars is cool by watching different people go this is what i love about it mm-hmm. and that's what i'm going to going to focus on i also yeah. think it's, it continues to be valuable to have a absolutely no effort entry point to star wars mm-hmm. if you've never watched star wars you're just like you want to get the vibe like the, the vibe is there in visions it's lightsabers and bounty hunters and uh, found family and you know hope in dark times it's it's everything yeah, it's in star wars you can it's a sample platter mm-hmm. Hmm.
5: Yeah. I would love for them to take their budget for season three. They have such great characters. Mm-hmm. I really liked the characters and the animation style that we got in, in the first uh, few seasons. I'll make a movie. Now mm-hmm. I know obviously you'd have to rework some things, obviously, mm-hmm to create an original story. But I just, I feel like there's so much promise and there's so much love for some of these characters that they've introduced in like the styles. Yeah. I would like to see that in a new Disney plus animated movie.
3: Mm. Ah, so I love funny. that idea. Yeah, no, I want to I put a pin in that. Cause I think that's a great idea. I want to talk films, but I want to make sure that we, uh, we highlight the new young Jedi adventures as well. They're still rolling out. Um, Jennifer, um, You haven't watched New Young Jedi. Have you watched uh, Young Jedi Adventures? I don't know why I said New Young Jedi Adventures. Uh, Yes, yes, I have. Yes, uh, Uh
5: quite a bit, quite a bit with my kids. Sorry, there's a trash truck outside
3: today. No, no problem.
5: So it's interesting because I really like it. My kids enjoy it. There was a time where they would watch like back-to-back episodes, but now they're both kind of starting to grow out of it because Mm -hmm. it is very much a preschool age thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've also been kind of curious, like, how is this resonating with other kids? I don't see any Young Jedi merchandise, uh, at least at my kids' school, which is usually my gauge. But then again, Mm. they're in elementary school. They're not in preschool. Um, Mm. Seeing the toys at Target, there's a lot of them. Are they being sold? I don't know. So I'm curious to know how the show is doing. I think it's a great show, great characters. It's really fun to watch. But yeah, I do wonder how big their audience is.
3: Yeah, yeah, and and again, we still kind of don't know what streaming services are deciding they want. How do they judge the value? Obviously, if it was you can't keep a Nubs action figure on the shelf, we would. If it was a Grogu like success, right, mm-hmm. in merchandising, we would know. Okay, it has that value, um, but we we don't know how much. They're measuring what numbers and what numbers if, – if, if they've decided fighting on their own board, <laughs> what matters to them the most mm-hmm. and how they rate something as success in these days.
4: Well, we'll know uh, it's working when we have the nubs generation of Star Wars fans in about 15 years who so are like, that was my Star Wars. yeah, yeah. Um, But, but I, I'd be curious even though people uh, in our Discord or t- online or in our comment section of if you have young kids that are in it and, and like Jen was saying, have stuck with it or not stuck with it. Uh, because I, it's, it's a fun, uh, fun phenomenon because I think a lot of the people discussing it are adults who like it, which is great, but it's like, I always make the joke. I play Fortnite a lot and I'm always making the joke like, oh, some 12 year olds probably defeating me. It's probably a 52 year old. Right. Like, and, and a friend of mine just said the stats, so there's like 38% over 45 playing the game or something like that. Right. That, so it's not just the old joke of, Oh, some kids kill it. So I wonder how many is like, how many are adult nubs fans who just left nubs and how many are the target audience?
3: Yeah. The 12 year olds who were kicking your ass on online video games 15 years ago, aren't 12
4: anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah <exactly. laughs> and definitely, they're Definitely there, but yes, yes. To, yeah. yeah. You, to your point. Yeah. It, it, it's like making a millennial joke when it's like, Josh, you are a millennial. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes. There's that brief window where everybody just thought millennial meant young. And like, you know, yeah. it's a specific age group and they're aging. Right. right. I ran into that uh, pitching thing for people kept being like, you need to use the word millennial. Like I don't mean millennial. I mean, a 20 year old. Yeah.
6: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not
3: but anyway. Yeah. Um, yep. I've really enjoyed what I've seen. It is absolutely uh, preschool. There's the, I haven't, I'm not caught up on the last batch, but there were some that were getting into a little bit more complex lessons. So it felt like it was aging up where it mm. wasn't a sort of clear cut answer of share or be nice or don't <laughs> rush. It was a little right. bit like you can't fight with him, but he's not going to be your friend. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. You got to live with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that's great. So it, it does seem to me like it is is aging up a little bit. Uh, I I do like that it's a, a a great entry point and it is a great place to. I always have the bias that the Star Wars story uh, from Lucas, Filoni, and many other creators are the Jedi are heroes, but it's complex and so we have to question them. But I think a lot of the way Star Wars fans often feel is the Jedi are bad. So I really like a preschool <laughs> age show that shows the Jedi at a time they're functioning well and the Jedi are. Heroes, it's they're good. It's
6: mm, <laughs> uh, Right. Mm-hmm.
3: The thing I I wonder about Young Jedi Adventures in Jen, you're adding some highlight is how, how long can something specifically geared to preschool last? Does it right. need to? Uh, can it run for eight seasons if it ages with the kids, or if it's like Young Jedi Adventures comes back next year and hey, Nubs and Friends graduated? And here's, you know, three mm. kid mm. you know, if it, so it stays in a preschool like cycle or,
1: you know, huh. I'm just kind That's of wrestling the with thing. the idea of
3: like, there are, there are shows that have existed that aren't narrative necessarily like Mr. Rogers or Sesame street or captain kangaroo that are there for a long mm. time. And when you're the age of watching them, you watch them and then you age out of them.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: But I'm kind of fascinated with, is that, uh, is, is that the goal with the show? Like, New Jedi, young Jedi adventures to be like, yep, your kids are going to age out of it, and then mm-hmm. other kids are going to come along. Come on, age, and age That's
5: that's what they have to do. Is they have to have a, a stable of different animated shows for different ages. And so right now they have the preschool slot, which is great, right? But you got to have something now in between that and Rebels. Maybe something a little bit more accessible. I don't know because I think. Like my eight-year-old will still watch Peppa the Hip Pig with my four-year-old. Peppa the Pig is freaking hilarious. <laughs> it's freaking good, right? It's not like Peppa's like doing anything Peppa's- new but
6: like it's just it's just entertaining
5: to watch and they're they're I love their british accents. Um but it is funny. So I think that it, it can it can work if you know that there's something new that you can or something that like the bigger kids can watch. That's not mm. clone wars, that's not rebels. It's got to be mm. in between. Maybe you even have another preschool type show, even even more basic, the ABCs of Star Wars, right? Yeah. The more that you have the more longevity that these shows have i mean look at disney disney jr that has all these shows
3: yeah and i sometimes wonder if that's one of the many reasons that resistance was only two seasons is because it was pitched a little bit younger than rebels and clone Mm -hmm. wars
5: right but that was confusing for people at that time
3: yeah and i feel like both clone wars and rebels was like hey if you happen to be 12 right now and it broadcasts Mm -hmm. great now we're growing up Right. By the time we get to season four, yeah. buckle
6: up yeah. kid. Yeah.
3: Buckle up kids, because it's a show that grows with kids. Right. It, and I'm fascinated with this idea of like, what is it? What would what would Star Wars Sesame Street be? That's just like kids come in, then they go out, but the show remains.
5: That's my wamp. that's my Wampa puppet show. That's what that is. <laughs> that's
4: what puppets. that is. Yeah, Jen, you gotta get on this. <laughs> if well, I uh, had good
5: puppeteering skills, man, I'd fulfill that need.
4: <laughs> yeah. We get that fascinating. Oh, so I also I was today's Today, years old, when I realized that Peppa the pig is not Parappa the Rapper from that video, <laughs> from that video game. That is really <laughs> weird crossing of the streams in my brain. And you just yep.
3: <laughs> saved me. Jen. Speaking about very specific dated uh, ideas. <laughs> yes.
6: Oh, I
3: don't even know. Uh, Let's talk about animated films because this is something that that comes up, Jennifer, you brought it up Mm. in in a great way. It's something that fans often uh, wonder about, ask about of the possibility of animated films in theaters or on streaming. Uh, They could be original or uh, many fans have have, uh, asked us about, hey, would you ever like to see any of the Star Wars novels adapted to an animated movie? Ken, how do you feel about animated films in star wars as opposed to animated series
4: i i think there's a a place for it and 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 everyone can make their jokes about the clone wars movie and yeah you know i know i know i know i I didn't we we were there joseph was actually there like we know it didn't work as well (laughs) but i think it's a different time different era and i think animation has a different kind of uh i don't know level of respect for it Mm -hmm. uh than 2008 uh though there was some you know great shows and stuff like uh, all that. But I I think it's looked at differently. And so I think you could approach it uh, like that. The the book idea, uh, something I was excited about years ago, Uh, less excited because, because you know, I'm less excited. Oh God, Uh, Jen, it goes back to the discourse thing. Say they do Lost Stars. You cannot, there's no way you can make it page for page on screen. Right? So there's going to be something and there's going to be some changes and hopefully the right changes and hopefully respectful changes to the characters but then, yeah, then it would be, it'd yep. be that whole thing again. I you just you
5: missed I, the most important you, blah you blah blah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
4: yeah. Oh and I don't know how many gosh. times I've. It's, it's, it's how, uh, 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 the book of movies have to be different. The books and shows have to be. You want them to be, anyways. Uh, but that aside, Joseph, I'm gonna in spirit of what you're talking about, I'm gonna push through. I'd still, I'd still like to see that. <laughs> I'd still like to see it. Lost Stars is is uh, would would play very well, I think, on a on a on a big screen, an animated movie. Go for it. Do it. Mm. Yeah.
3: I mean, it's going to bring it to a, a, a wider audience. And I mean, the, the uh, adaptations of books that didn't turn out, film adaptations of books that didn't turn out the way people wanted them is perhaps one of our oldest things to be angry about as fans. I think yes. we can survive. Uh, yes. if, if you're a Star Wars fan and you, you're you upset about the Lost Stars adaptation, uh, welcome to a legion of Jane Austen fans.
4: Uh, which has, <laughs> uh, welcome to the my, bonfire the vanities
3: fan group yeah yeah hey oh welcome to james God. bond which quickly diverges from the books entirely yes, yes, uh yes. yeah the television show outlander like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really get it we are all wounded uh by the discourse <laughs> and there's some things that i think yeah. fans are sharp about that mm-hmm. that like the thing with asage where you know they had to get ahead of it they knew putting her in the in the yep. trailer yep. would would spark a specific reaction a specific question so they they put it in the press release right away. I think that's a great example to me of being aware of fans passion in a, in a respectful way.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: But yeah, but some people aren't going to like it. It's like, well then let's, yeah, yeah. That, let's, yeah. let's not make any more star Wars. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Uh, mm-hmm. re- again, remember that fan group that published we're quitting because empire strikes back is not star Wars. It's not
4: Star oh Wars. Oh my gosh. You know, it's not Star Wars.
3: Uh, so I would. I, I agree with you. It would be. It would be a a, a rough ride for adapting the novels into uh, anim, animated movies, but it would also expose more. Look at the amount of sales Dark Disciple is getting. Right. You know. Right. right. What would? It, what might it do for Claudia Gray and her career to have yeah. a loss? You know. What would it do for people to be able to see that book? What would it do for the idea of? Do you think you don't like romance in Star Wars? Here you go. You think you're yeah. sicker of the original trilogy era and there's nothing more to be said here you go. you go so many more people would be exposed uh, to it um yeah. for me what i get uh, excited about when, when we're looking at the possibility of more tales of the jedi or uh, a new series that could tackle this i feel like there are like these these stories that are floating around that fans are excited about and like can we i would love that story but it feels bigger than a 50 minute tales of the jedi
4: yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah
3: or maybe when but it's not long enough to be its own you know, new animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, like Obi-Wan and Satine on the run, falling in love under Qui-Gon's nose while they're hunted by bounty hunters. I don't mm. know. Maybe that could be eight seasons of a television show for me. Man. But I think if, they, if it was like established characters, if it was, you know, Obi-Wan and Satine in love, and like some people are like, what? Obi-Wan's 13, 14, 15, whatever, however old he is. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He, He's fallen 16. He's fallen in love. What? Uh, Mm. But if they, if they did it as a, we're not trying to blow the doors off of the box office. We're doing like one week of in screening of in theater screening. And then it's straight to
6: Mm. Mm.
3: it's it's like, we're this is for fans. And we know the general audience isn't going to turn out in droves. We're not going to make, you know, Mm. 200 million at the box office. But yeah. the fans who care, and there are a lot of them who love care it. about Obi Wan and Satine, yeah, are going to show up. And then it lives on streaming. Watch it if you want to watch it. Don't if you don't. It'll making you know a a little bit of money for the weekend. Will be a you know will be reported as a success, not as a failure, because it's a limited thing. So yeah, I
4: I hope that yeah I, yeah I'd love that.
5: I got one, and I what pitched it before as live action, okay. bloody greys. Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Ooh. I want this to be beautiful, cinematic, mm-hmm. Studio Ghibli type film. Right, mm-hmm. gorgeous. Mm-hmm. You will have people lining out the theater, cosplaying as young Leia. You'll have kids dressing up. You'll enter. You'll bring in a whole new group of fans. Mm-hmm. And you, you do you could probably I mean you could probably, I don't know how long the Boy and the Heron if it's still out, That was the latest Studio Ghibli um, mm-hmm. film, but like you could have it out in theaters for a little bit and then of course do a Disney Plus exclusive to get new subscribers. I just think it'd be amazing. I
4: think it'd be a great one. Mm-hmm. That, that's don't a great it. one.
3: That's a really great one. Yeah, absolutely. A couple other sort of floating things that they haven't it's been sort of alluded to a little bit in some of the publishing. For me, there's a couple of stories that, that get handled in publishing where like, I just really like to see that on the screen in some way mm-hmm. uh, before it gets dealt with in publishing. We still don't have the story of of Anakin forging the Skywalker blade and mm-hmm. Obi-Wan forging his new blade. And that re- the the Brotherhood novel kind of danced close to it. And, yeah. and I really like that novel, but I was like, Leave it alone. (laughs) Mm. Because personally, I want to see it on the screen. Uh, of The forging of the Skywalker blade. What was the story there? What was the relationship with, did Obi-Wan and Anakin go go to Ilum together as brothers now? You know, Mm. immediately after, you know, uh, the events of Attack of the Clones. How did that happen? That's um, I love that. There's been a ton of Kira storytelling, but I think we still don't have the actual story, to my knowledge, in the comics or books of her uh, Kira versus Maul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that would be an amazing you know animated
4: film 90 minute animated film
6: yeah
4: yeah 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 that one I I I know what you mean because it it, I I don't want to sound uh like I'm sliding books or comics for being less than I I really want to make sure I'm clear about that because I've just spent 10 years just loving all of it pretty much there but yeah there's some moments That just need to be done in a bigger fashion, Kira versus Maul. If it's not, if it's not Amelia Clark in live action, great, but animation, yeah, just hit hit those big notes with those big Yeah,
3: if there was a book that was Obi-Wan and Satine on the run, I'd be thrilled. But I also just kind of feel like it it isn't to me even about like what I artistically prefer. It's about reach. And and it's just – you know, the the screen reaches more. Live action reaches more than animation. It's just a reality. Maybe it changes, but, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Um, so we've talked about, as we've gone along, some of the business realities. Uh, uh, streaming right now, and animation in particular, is really constricting right now. I say that from experience. Uh, I just had to give up on trying to sell an animated show because it's just not, yeah. it, it ain't happening right now. Mm-hmm. Um this is not even like reading tea leaves. These are pronouncements from executives. We're, we're not going to. We've done too much. We the the era of we sell our streaming services by fire hose is slowing down, at mm-hmm. least for now. Mm-hmm. Now, um, do you, Ken? How do you, what, wh- how do you read the tea leaves of of business realities with those concrete statements? Do you think Disney Plus sees a Star Wars animated show? as vital uh,
4: not not as much as i'd like right look what happened at the end of bad batch last year uh oh the the the, the dramatic conclusion of season two uh it's on the same time as uh, the launch of mandalorian the most popular thing we have going right now right like
6: mm-hmm. i think
4: there's some of those things we'll see this year That i don't think there's going to be anything uh, to cross over with it in star wars world at least this time around um so that just might be a scheduling thing but yeah everything with everything changing um it you know it's kind of again uh, we always want to make sure no other Star Wars medium is less than but the realities in terms of business are they are right the animation industry uh uh is is feeling the the effects of that and so I I think um that's behind some of the Mandalorian Grogu movie and uh, you know the Lando series now it's a, now it's a movie and 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 I think you're seeing a little bit of a shift and and you're right the ability to go to an app that you don't even know the name of. You know what's tube tube, and you're like there, and you're like there's 17 animated shows. It's like well, I don't know what's yeah. going on. Like that that day is 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 not necessarily done, but it's changing as you're as you're feeling, Joseph. And mm-hmm. I, I can um, you know echo what you're saying about that. But yeah, I'd love to see that Disney, Uncle Bob, those folks would still see Star Wars animation as viable. I don't know if they do right now. That could change, but I don't know. The more more is yeah. going to come because I think Lucasfilm sees it's it's important mm-hmm. yeah i think so that. but yeah
3: yeah but can they house? get that I don't know. the paycheck yeah right yeah. now mm-hmm. uh jennifer what do you think
5: yeah from what i've heard in in the industry from people in animation they've said that they're, it's struggling. <laughs> they're struggling there's and no that jobs. their bosses there's no, yeah. there's no jobs the studios do not believe that audiences want to see animated films you look at wish disney and it mm. did not perform as well As their other, I mean, this is a Disney movie and it didn't perform what they thought. They Mm -hmm. saw Elemental as a flop. Only did they say, oh, it actually was okay because it did well overseas. So it's really a challenging time for animation right now. But... If you look at the engagement numbers, which we know that they do, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you look at the engagement numbers on a show like Bad Batch, and it is through the roof. I mean, I could not believe, like, on the trailer that they released on the Star Wars uh, YouTube channel, those numbers were going up. All the likes going up. So I think that Lucasfilm knows that there's value in that. They know that there's hardcore fans that want to see that. Will that translate to a movie or something? I don't know. Uh, But we know that Lucasfilm uh, understands that animation is important.
3: Yeah. My hope is that, that Lucasfilm has the leverage <laughs> within the overall, uh, Disney uh, business model to say, uh, making an animated series along the lines of clone wars, rebels, bad batch. That's an ongoing story with characters that, that audiences are going to fall in love with. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like paying <laughs> the electricity bill and the water bill. This is money that's spent to maintain what we have. Yes.
2: yes. That
3: it, I think the animated shows are key to building new fans. Look at the utter success of the, um the, the has, has whatever, uh, has lab uh, yeah. of, of the ghost of mm. the attachment that people have to those characters from rebels that led to the success of Ahsoka the attachment Mm. that people have from Ahsoka to the Clone Wars I mean it's not scientific it's absolutely just you know experiential but how how often do we encounter talking to listeners and and viewers that Clone Wars is where they started that Rebels is where they started that uh, animation is huge in I think bringing people into the world of Star Wars and in creating a deep attachment with the characters I just I hope that they see it as sort of fundamental to to introducing the galaxy to younger generations and and hooking new people Mm -hmm. yeah
6: that's Mm better yeah absolutely yep
3: why it's key yeah uh all right we are wrapping up i've got a weird fun question but uh jennifer first any other big picture thoughts about uh the future of animation or your relationship with it
5: no, except that I was thinking about when I've gone to conventions and like everyone, it's all about the the animation, right? The animated mm-hmm. fans. It's rare that in person I would meet somebody who only is like, I'm a sequel trilogy fan. No, like it's this hard, this hardcore fan base that loves Rebels, Clone Wars, Bad Batch. Um, you just, you can't overlook that. It feels like it's really become the backbone of Star Wars fandom.
4: Mm.
3: Yeah, I love that.
4: Ken? Yeah, I agree. When you go to those conventions at the big, pan- you know, uh, those panels are packed and and rabbit. And I mean, we had mm-hmm. Anaheim 2022 just being there for some of the Rebels stuff and just being around some folks who were like diehard Rebels fans, which I, I would say I'm a giant fan of Rebels, but like this was their Star Wars. It was it was pretty mm-hmm. powerful to witness and be around. So love that. Look, my final thoughts are I think the future's is somewhat in, in flux when it comes to. Star Wars overall, just the business, because everything you're talking about, Joseph, and everything we, you know, hey, Other Center exists as proof that the the business went through (laughs) some struggles and changes and all those Mm -hmm. things. So going forward isn't clear, but the night I take some hope in this. Whatever is coming out, the next big animated show has not only been around for a bit, it's been in development for years. We don't know what it is, but whatever it is, they're already working on it because that's how animation works, obviously, and is coming. So, not, you know, it's like it's like what Leia says. If you can't see the animated show <laughs> during the night, the sun, Poe, tries to take over your ship. It's a thing. It's a thing. But I think it's we're going to have some good stuff coming.
3: You heard it here first. Right now, being prepared for announcement is the life and times of Hondo Onaka. There it is. And some fans will think, I I don't want that. I don't need that. And then they will fall in love (laughs) with the life and times of Hondo Onaka. You never know what you're going to think. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A g- great point, though, that this is so much fun and to think about. But you're right; this this decision was made a long time ago, and it's either going to come out or the plug is being pulled as we speak. <laughs> there
4: was, <laughs> yeah. We don't know. I, I was having an offline conversation with someone uh, from Lucasfilm, and they were like, "Yeah, we, yeah, our my earliest designs of the o- Ahsoka live action series were like I don't know, early 2018." Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, In the
3: wow. well, yeah, the pipeline is so yeah. so long. Yeah. So it's fascinating. Crazy. Fascinating. Uh, here's my uh, fun, weird question because I do love the character designs on uh, on Clone Wars in, in particular. Uh, Ken, if you were a character on Clone Wars, how would your features be exaggerated? Would you have a, a long, thin head like Count Dooku? Uh, tiny limbs like Ahsoka? Ahsoka? A, a beard that cuts people like Obi Wan Kenobi? What would your <laughs> no? I think mine because well,
4: be? also I haven't trimmed uh, trimmed it up. It'd be a little more poofy. Be like a circle. Be like a, 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 you know, almost a little more, b- a Balin circle. My head, my head is, is large. I have, I have to order special order baseball caps. So, uh, it would be, I'd have that. <laughs> and, uh, I'd almost be like dirge from, uh, <laughs> from the, the Gendy series. Uh, yeah, no, but it'd be, it'd be, it'd be a big block. They just put a big Minecraft block on my head.
5: Oh yep. my gosh.
4: Yep uh mm-hmm. jennifer would you have a big hat like cad bane who, who would you be what
3: would you be
5: like i'd be more like ahsoka because when i saw Ahsoka, i was like that's me just with yeah. my, the saturation up on my skin <laughs> made me more orange As some makeup artists have done when i have done jobs
3: mm.
5: oh yeah yeah oh, but yeah God. that would be me <laughs> orange me.
3: Yeah. 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 I think I, I think uh, they would probably give me a long, thin face uh, in, in kind of googly eyes with big bags. <laughs> I think it'd be big bags under the eyes. <laughs> uh is that Barnes and Noble this weekend and I bought a uh, this graphic novel that's sort of like a, a, it's it's the original actual story of Bram Stoker's Dracula novel, but with Bella Gosi's image put into it. Instead of mm. the cool. a, a differently described version of Dracula that exists in the in the original novel, um, but it's got a huge picture of Bella Lugosi on it. <laughs> and the woman kind of looked at it, and then she looked at me. and He's like, "You could play Dracula." It's like, it's <gasps> oh. like I'm going to take that as a compliment. And she's like, "Yeah." Oh, <laughs> love that. Love that Halo. So, okay.
6: Yeah.
3: I think they make me look like Dracula and I'd be okay with it. All right. That's our big look at uh the future of Star Wars animation and also really for us the value of Star Wars animation. Ken, uh what else we got?
4: Hey, uh we don't mind you this. Uh we remind you to uh, uh check out our Patreon page as we begin to sign out. Uh we are trying to build towards a goal over there of doing exclusive commentaries. Uh, for patron uh, uh, patron supporters but also uh, available to the public uh, with a one-time purchase price that's right you too can uh, get in on the action uh but uh, to do that we're going to reach 400 paid subscribers we are at 391 now at the time of this recording so if you want to head over there and support us it's a great way to support the show keep it going patreon.com slash force center we're also on twitter and threads force center pod instagram as well facebook pages force center podcast we're available on a lot of spots as a podcast apple Podcasts, google Podcasts. just search you'll find us merch available tpublic.com slash user slash force center and again, as I said, you can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. Follow me at Katnapsack. Go to my website, com for things like uh, the music show I do, Pop Rock and Radio, my ASMR channel, SportsCard ASMR. Or if you want to buy some Star Wars Legos, there's a resale. It's it's a, They're there. Just check them out. Hey, Joseph, <laughs> where, where can they find you? You
3: can find me on all the various social media at Joseph Scrimshaw. Whatever your favorite is, my handle is probably there, is at Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, I'm uh, telling people about this newsletter blog thing uh, that I've been doing every week. It's been really helping me uh, stay focused on the goals that I want to uh, accomplish in the week. I want to help encourage people in there Creative and life adventures as well. If you're interested in checking it out, it's called Finish Your Monsters, and you can find it by going to buttondown.email/slash/finish-your-monsters. That's it for me.
4: There you go, Jennifer. Take us home. Where can they find your puppet show?
5: You can find my soon-to-be-released Wampa videos, uh, Star Wars word nerd videos at Jennifer Landa on where Instagram, YouTube, <laughs> and TikTok at Jennifer Landa eleven thirty
4: eight. There it is. All right. We are looking forward to the next Star Wars animation project, and I know you all are as well. Thanks for listening today here on Forced.
0: only from rustolium